Hello and good morning, everybody. I am your host, Felipe, and you're watching and listening to the Total Basis Podcast. With me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? Oh, what's up, man? Not much, not much. Uh, ready to get this show on the road and talk about some project, uh, projections, projections, and predictions. Projections, and predictions. The difference between the two. Uh, well, what, go ahead and explain the difference between the two. Oh, well, I mean, projections, you have, you know, anyone makes their own physical projections, but we are going to make some predictions that both agree and disagree with some projections. So <laughs> stay in tune. Yeah, uh, I, I did. I did take a look at my predictions to see how it matches up with Fangraphs, and we're pretty similar. But there is a couple of things that Fangraphs and I disagree on, and you know, I know everybody's been uh, this week been talking about the Pakoda rankings as well. As we saw, um, let's just you know what, Sean. I'm just gonna call it for a while how I see it. A few sensitive Cup fans who uh, don't agree with Pakoda. <laughs> uh, these were the same Cup fans who were complaining last year about the team not scoring enough and not being clutch enough, and basically the same roster but worse and you know so that was an interesting argument on was it friday night and <laughs> baseball life so but we'll get to i it. caught snippets of it yeah well you're lucky you didn't get the whole thing because <laughs> i was in the middle of that and it's like i think at one point somebody told me that that's why we can't talk about predictions because anything can happen then why are you here why do we have a baseball group <laughs> we are here to talk baseball including predictions it's like, Sean, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. Like, well, you know, we can't really talk about it because we don't know what's going to happen. Why are we doing this? Why do we <laughs> exist? Why do we have a community? It's all a simulation. We're all just projected by somebody else's computer simulation. Obviously. You know, anything can happen. Well, no, no. Yeah, don't saw anything can happen. But, you know, <laughs> that's a given, right? I mean, we, we, there are variables that we can control and those variables we can't control. Those uncontrolled variables. So anyway, off my getting off my high horse. <laughs> So we're going to do all six divisions, starting with, as I pull up my spreadsheet here, do you, do you see that uh, Yes. colorful American League East spreadsheet? Yes. Okay, so uh, in the at the pole position in the American League East, I have the Yankees, Sean has a raise. Uh, I don't know, how do you, you want to do this? So you just want to go back and forth and, well, you know what, let's, let's do this, Sean. I have the Yankees in first, the Blue Jays in second, and my second wild card. The Rays are in third, Red Sox in fourth, and the Orioles are in fifth. And Sean has the Rays, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and Orioles. So I see, yeah, we do have a couple of differences. We have a couple of flip-flopping differences here. So, uh, I'll well, let's start with you, Sean. Why do you think the Rays are going to win this division? I just think the Rays, one, they return just about the entire team from – well. Not entire team. There's no Blake Snell. But uh, Tampa is very much like Cleveland. You know, they pick these arms and they sprinkle a little fairy dust on them. And boom, they're all-star level pitchers. Uh, Tyler Glass now is really, I think, primed to have his best year yet. Um, he's looked great in spring training. Just went five innings, I believe, yesterday. Ten strikeouts. Um, he used to be that only fastball curveball guy, but he's introduced a new pitch this or the spring training, the slutter. And it is absolutely dominating hitters. Uh, Nick Anderson, for some bad news, is injured for them and is expected to miss the first couple months of the season. But once again, they have so many options. And they even have some, like, forgotten man options, like Brendan McKay, who was a top 10, top five prospect in all of baseball, um, still recovering from a shoulder surgery that he had at the end of last year. But people are forgetting about him. They shouldn't. 
they still have so much depth and they always get the most out of that depth. And in the end of the day, I think pitching wins championships. And I think the Rays have plenty. For my first uh, position, I got the Yankees. Uh, it, I've been saying it all off season long. It's, it's either the Yankees or the White Sox. And I think the Yankees have done enough and have convinced me enough to suggest that, yes, it would be the Yankees. Uh, so that means that they would have to win this American League East to get the number one seed in the American League. So I just think they're full of depth. They have the most resources. I know injuries always get to them, but you just mentioned the Rays having a few injuries. And you know what? The Rays are always injured. I mean, one of the guys you forgot to mention was Charlie Morton, who he's on the Braves. Gone. Yeah, he's on yeah, the Braves. He's gone now. <laughs> but when he was here, he was always hurt. Uh, Blake Snell, you mentioned in the previous podcast, when he's healthy, when he's healthy, you know, he could be one of the better pitchers in all of baseball. Now those guys are gone. And I feel like, you know, eventually that's eventually losing talent like that catches up to you i do believe that and i know that they're full of depth i know we talked about it on this show like they they were built for a 162 game season last year and a 60 game season last year as well it didn't matter what the schedule was but ultimately it's just seeing talent go uh eventually does catch up with you and i think this is going to be one of those uh catch-up years for the rays and they'll have- it, it very well possibly could be and, That's why I'm on third. and, and yeah. even if it is I think that it, it would be a one-year blip because they still yeah. have young guys like uh, Luis Patino, who was acquired mm-hmm. in the Snell deal. Uh, Brent Honeywell Jr., what a name. I, <laughs> he is finally healthy. He just had his first spring training appearance, I believe, last week. And that mm-hmm. screwball that we all fell in love with when he was a prospect is still alive and good. Uh, Shane McClanahan. Uh, yeah. there, are, so there are some of their better arms that are just like maybe one year away. So – they could fall short. I just don't see it. Yeah. Well, I think I, because the Blue Jays did a lot to convince me uh, to get that second wild card. Uh, just, I love their lineup, man. I, I'm worried I, about their pitching. <laughs> the pitching is always a worry, but I, you know what? I don't think, I just don't think the Rays, um, they're going to, they're going to try to do a lot of uh, smoke and mirrors this year. Like they've done in the past where they, you know, they have an opener. And <laughs> you you mean what's and- worked? <laughs> Well, I mean, eventually it doesn't work. I mean, like I said, the, the, one of the most underrated things is they did have a very strong top three, top of the rotation uh, on their starting rotation was, you know, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, and Tyler Glass now. And Glass now, right? I mean, that's another thing we always got to worry about. It Will this be the year the Rays will unleash him? Is this the year where the Rays are not worried about him getting hurt anymore? Is this the year where uh, he's not considered like this uh, guy who can't to keep his walks down? And now he's all by himself, and he has a bunch of other guys in the back. Hey, who, hey you're telling me you're not buying into a Chris Archer 2.0 rebound? Not, I, I mean, I, I'm buying it. I just don't think it's going to be enough this year. I mean, I, it, like I said, you got to believe fair. in what the race it, it, can do. It is but. fair. It is easy to look at their pitching, but at the same time, for it's it's very easy to look at a lot of these teams and look look at their pitching staff and wonder if they have enough pitching, unless you're like the Mets, Dodgers. Or Padres, like that. That's it. Uh, it's it's a lot of these teams. You look at them, and you're like, they got some guys, but is it enough? And I, I feel like it's a question that teams always have to ask themselves. Yeah. Well, in this case, I think the starting rotation is not enough. But I love their bullpen. You know, we love we talk about the bullpen all the time, like it's uh, like it's uh, the greatest thing that God ever created. So, <laughs> uh, but I don't. I think they're gonna get taxes here. They've been overused in the past, and I think this it's just gonna catch up to them this year. Uh, and I, I, like I said, Blue Jays, they're, they're a big concern. They already got Kirby Yates uh, hurt. I think they're going to outslug enough this year to um, make some noise and capture that second wild card. 
Uh, they have, like I've been telling, I know people make fun of the Blue Jays and their starting rotation all the time, but I think they have enough to at the very least be a middle of the pack rotation. And for that lineup, that should be enough. I believe that should be enough. You would think that should be enough. I want to believe that's enough. And you know what? Let's, and I also wanted to pick a different team and reward a, a team like the Blue Jays who are, they're trying. Going, they're going for it. They're going for it. You, you know, as opposed to the Rays who are continuously uh, dropping payroll and, you know, acquiring acquiring more minor league talent, which, you know, it's a smart thing to do if you're the Rays. But it's just frustrating because, like I said, you went to the World Series and what, if you're a Rays fan, what was your reward? You just saw a bunch of your favorite players go away or get traded away. So that's my only gripe. We both have the Red Sox and the Orioles. And yeah, that's... We finally agree on something. Fourth and fifth Yeah. <laughs> Uh, although I do like the Red Sox too. If they had better starting pitching, yeah, I mean, the, the Red Sox is all it. They, there's their offense. You look at the offense and you're like, wow, that's actually not a terrible team. And then you look at the bullpen and the back half of the rotation, and you just kind of go, ugh. And they they're now dealing with uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. I think was dealing with dead arm, and so he's not going to make the opening day start. But they still have him listed at the back end of the rotation, so maybe it's just one of those things where he's going to make his first start, but not the first game. But you look at guys like Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta as your actual like four and five in a rotation, and in the bullpen, granted, is better than what it looked like last year. Last year there were some guys in that uh, Red Sox bullpen you never even heard before, but uh, Matt Barnes just went down with COVID. and I believe that Ryan Brazier, yeah, he's also hurt. So you got a lot of unknowns in that bullpen. It's uh, just it's looking the, rough. It's the Japanese guy's turn now. Yeah, I think he's going to yeah. be closer, right? Here, oh. Well, I believe Adam Onovino has the oh, first right. dibs on the closer draw with Matt Barnes out till uh, about, I think, April 5th due to protocols. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to mention that if they had like a like some – type of starting pitching i think i would like him more but chris sale is waiting in the wings but unfortunately he's going to have to uh rehab and go through all that and make sure that his arm doesn't fall apart when he without getting too far ahead of ourselves is your american league rookie of the year in this division uh i i forgot who i picked no no no, he's not he's not he's not he's not not. okay no uh, well, well, who do you have in your? I mean, who do you have in mind here? Uh, uh I, I did see that on Fox that the fans had voted Bobby Dahlbeck. Yeah, he's just been you know <laughs> destroying spring training. Uh, they had him listed as AL Rookie of the Year, which is, I mean, if a guy goes out there and hits forty something home runs, it might be hard if he's batting two ten. But you know, Joey Gallo's done it before. You know what it is, Sean? It, there's a lot of Red Sox fans out there. Yes, there are. Solid, and they all voted. And that's the result. My rookie of the year is not in the American leagues. I, I did yeah. go back and check. Uh, you know, before I go uh, to the American League Central, any last words on the American League East from you, Sean? We believe in you, Orioles. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's not fair to the Orioles. Let, let's talk a little bit more about them. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle is also a rookie of the year uh, candidate. Uh, but uh, And they have some upside on their rotation, but it's like the Royals upside. It's like, uh, to me, it's just middling. Nothing to... Uh, Nothing to brag about. And the last play. Oh, Atlee Rushman's coming up. And uh, there was another guy. Oh, is Mountcastle still rookie eligible? Uh, I just do. <laughs> I couldn't believe it myself. He's no rookie for this year. I mean, yeah, 2020 messed up our minds last year. So, oh, so he only had 140 <laughs> plate appearances. So he's technically a rookie. Yeah, he's good. Because yeah. I think it's 150 ABs. Something like that. Yeah. 
but I was going to mention Tanner Scott. It's another guy we mentioned. And I think with uh, Hunter Harvey going down, uh, he might get some saves. But, you know, he's left-handed. So you know how managers love their left-handed pitchers yeah. out of their bullpen to be Unless your name's Rolls Chapman. Or unless your name's Rolls Chapman, who we talked about the other week. He can't do anything but close. Yeah. <laughs> you put him in the seventh inning, he panics and chokes <laughs> the game away. And I can hear the Yankee fans now. American League Central. Uh, I'll start with uh, my picks, and then you can tell tell the people your picks. But I have the Twins getting the number two seed, the White Sox getting that first wild card, Cleveland getting the number three spot, and then the Royals and the Tigers. Sean, what about you? Uh, as you can see, I got White Sox, Twins, Cleveland in our last three match in Cleveland, uh, Kansas City, and Detroit. I think the one team here – that we're sleeping on just because we both threw them in the number four spot, but they're going to make the lives of their division mates hell. And that's the Kansas city Royals. Mm -hmm. They in a, in an off season where a lot of teams, you know, basically threw their cards in folded and said, we give up uh, (coughs) Chicago Cubs. Um, It's crazy to see the Kansas city Royals go out there and get the players. They did how they got them. And through the myriad of ways they got them, you know, they had some very interesting trades, very interesting signings at the very beginning when things first started. They, they took advantage of the market. Yeah. They, they extended Hunter Dozier. Yeah. Oh, did they extend Hunter Dozier? Yeah. It was like a really cheap contract too, but they extended him anyway, which was kind of surprising. I thought they were just going to. And I do think it's yeah. admirable that they're doing this, that in a year in an off season of teams giving up that they're going for it. Are they going to be a playoff team? Probably not. But right now, Fangraphs has them projected for 77 wins. I could see them hitting wow. pretty close to that, if not maybe a 500 team. Um, but wow. in the end, I believe this is the White Sox division to lose. In terms of pitching staff, bullpen, and lineup, they're so well-rounded. The Twins, I worry a little bit about the back end of the bullpen, how Tyler – or Taylor, Taylor – Taylor's – Taylor Rogers. Oh, my God. Uh, I worry about Taylor Rogers. Like if they lose him with Trevor May no longer there, they've lost a few pieces out of that bullpen. And Alex Colome just doesn't do it for me. So hey, I, hey, I believe this is the now. White Sox division to win. Hold on now. Colome uh, struck out the side the other day. So give him a break. Give him a break. Um, it was going to be the White Sox. Well, you know what? Before uh, the Aloy Jimenez trade, I was already on the fence between the Twins and the White Sox. Because unlike you, I don't think they have enough depth. It's a very top-heavy team. But if you looked at the rest of uh, who would – they're trying to project who would come up later this year. Uh, unlike the Twins, the White Sox, that's it. All their all their minor league guys, their top minor league guys, are up on the on the major league roster, I think. Except they for already, Andrew Vaughn. They already shot their shot. And Well, Andrew Vaughn is going to have to step in now because Eloy mm-hmm. Jimenez, uh, all his uh, fielding inefficiencies finally caught up to him. So, I mean, but yeah. That's why he a, shouldn't have even been trying to jump over the fence. Well, it's Eloy Jimenez, man. I mean, he's done it before. I mean, he hasn't. Well, yeah, he's jumped into you know uh nets netting and, netting <laughs> fences and 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 just that's why Luis Robert has to play all three outfield positions well not this year because Adam Eaton's pretty good but that's why Luis Robert will go out of his way to run to the left field to catch all of Eloy Jimenez's uh, fly ball uh put outs because we can't trust Eloy Jimenez and that's a problem man and you can't put him in DH full-time because the White Sox have about three or four guys that need that DH spot yep to for whatever reason and it's it's just disappointing that this team had uh, and, uh, otherwise, they had a really young nucleus, but they they didn't do enough to complement those guys with veteran help, with with more depth. And I mean, like I said, I look at this team, and it's just like, man, I'm I'm the opposite of you. If 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 one of those guys in the White Sox get hurt, then they look really they look 
like you know the, like they're in trouble and that's what we're seeing with Aloy Jimenez now luckily now you got Andrew Vaughn but you're gonna have to put him in left field which he's only played sparingly he's never officially played a, a game in left field before I don't know what he's been doing like to practice or to uh, get some training in on the outfield. Hey, he's watching some of Eloy's film. I heard and actually not do what Eloy does, <laughs> uh, but that's a problem. I mean, because the White Sox are notorious for not uh, encouraging versatile uh, versatility in their position players. You know, if you're in left field, you're staying in left field. You're in center field. You're staying in center field. They, there's no like uh, what I mean, they try you on at second base before and they, and you know, they realized that he didn't like it. So they put him back in third, which is the complete opposite of what the other teams are doing where they're like, no, you're, if you want to play on this team, you got to play third, you got to play second, you got to play outfield, you got to play this. anyway. But I think that's going to be their downfall. And as of last night, I had them out of the playoffs, but again, I look at this team and there's a lot to like here. Like you mentioned, they're well-rounded, but it's very top heavy. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and put them in the wild card. Uh, probably against my better judgment. It is kind of a Homer call for me as well. So uh, I'm going to go with that. But I, I, the twins are just, I think they have better depth. They have more players coming um, from their minor league system to bring in reinforcements. So I think that's why I'm going to pick them again, even though I said that so far I'm going Chuck here. So I got the Yankees in the other division. I got the twins in this division. So it's, not what I wanted to do, but it's it's really hard to pick anybody but the Twins. For, and as far as I'm concerned, we got Cleveland in third place. I know we talked about the Cleveland uh, pitching staff. Um, they have a couple of pieces on offense, but I, I don't think it's going to be enough. And I think you see it the same way too, right, Sean? Yeah, it's that pitching is going to keep them right around 500 and be around there. I just I don't see it. The offense over a full season. Um, I mean, it is very likely that Jose Ramirez could be traded this year. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. And if you see him traded, then you probably know what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. And that could even, if if he does get traded halfway through the year and Cleveland's basically a non-contender in the second half, maybe we do see the Royals become the third place team in that division. And maybe they do win 81 plus games and finish with a better record than Cleveland. It's, It's very possible. Yeah, it's disappointing because, yeah, if Lindor is in there, then there's still a a pesky team to deal with. But with no Lindor and just Jose Ramirez by himself, even though Jose Ramirez is a very important player in Major League Baseball, like you mentioned, it's not enough, even with all their great pitching. Um, But, I mean, that's the reason why I think it's going to be better than 500, maybe an 82, 83, 84 win team there, just because their pitching is so strong. I think they have one of the best bullpens in all of baseball. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with you there. So, but and, and one name, I, I'm very hesitant to do this because, one, he's a Rule 5 draft pick. Two, most people don't know that he's already made the Indians team. But uh, Trevor Steven was acquired from the Yankees system in the Rule 5 draft. Uh, he's six foot five. He's always posted well above average strikeout numbers in the minors. Uh, the Indians selected him. He has looked great in spring training. And he's one of those guys, he's going to be SPRP eligible in most leagues. Uh, keep an eye on him because the Indians, you know, they went ahead and told him early last week that he was going to be on the roster. Uh, he has the ability to go multiple innings. Could be a guy that's very much like the Josh Hader role, but we'll see. Man, it's like I said, it's just a waste of pitching. You know, if they just if they would try like the Royals that I think I would I would like them a little bit more than the White Sox this year, just because uh, I believe that Indian uh, Cleveland can uh, can be that uh, party pooper for. Those uh, I mean, the teams, fact but... that it was 
Kansas City mm-hmm. and not Cleveland that went out and got Carlos Santana and Andrew Benintendi oh when both of those guys would have fit Cleveland's needs to an absolute T. I, I, I thought that was – I know Cleveland had some money issues going on, and that's why they've dumped so much payroll in both the, getting rid of Lindor and Carrasco, but that's just almost unforgivable. No, I mean, I, it really yeah, is. It is. It's just, they're just lucky that they're a pitching factory and they just, you know, mold whatever. I mean, it really is. They're, they're, they're the many. <laughs> if uh, you know what, that what Cleveland is, they are the manufacturing sector that Americans all wish they still had. That's what Cleveland is. Right <laughs> now. Uh, Royals, we talked a little bit about them, but one thing we, we should probably mention is that uh, we actually do like their bullpen. I don't think it's deep enough, though, to compete this year. But we talk about those guys all the time, the Greg Collins, the Scott Barlows, and the Josh Stallman's of the world. Although Josh Stallman, I don't know if you saw it, but Josh Stallman has really awful uh, projected numbers. Uh, I think he was listed as having a 1.52 whip. So uh, oh, wow. I, don't know, I don't know what the deal was with that. but uh, let, me, let me check out some of his projections. <laughs> and I'm just, that's the ATC projections from like March, early March, or maybe even like February. So um, Yeah, he's, he's going to get nailed because over the – you know, even last year when he was really good, he had uh, walks per nine over five and a half. So yeah. all, all of these projections are the lowest is like five walks per nine. I, I think he's better than that. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to take the under on that one as well. At least I'm hoping because, I mean, you look at his stuff and it's like, nah, he can't be this bad. So we'll see. Uh, they're, they're, they're starting to rotation is pretty awful. Like I mentioned, they're pretty much the Orioles middling upside. I don't like it. I don't like the Brad Kellers, the Jacob Junises of the world. I'm not I'm not a fan of that. So. Uh, you're going to say something about how good they are or something? There, uh, or not necessarily how good they are, but it's <laughs> probably just one more year or really? maybe one or two more years before we really see all of, a lot of their drafts over the last three years. They've been very heavily in on starting pitchers. Uh, yes, you guys like have, Ace yes. Lacey last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Chris Bubich, Daniel Lynch. Uh, I already said Ace Lacey. I mean, they have a lot of guys that Jackson once Cowher. they get up there, Jackson Cower or Cower, Cower, however you Cowher, say it. Cowher, uh, yeah, that's – and I, a couple of those guys are already in the rotation now. Brady Singer's one. Yeah. Uh, I'm still confused at roster resource. They have four mm-hmm. SPs, but they, they're probably going to have like five or six. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's probably a scheduling thing. They probably yeah. decide, yeah, we can only go with four right now. And they probably should because it, it's not a very deep team uh, in their – pitching as of yet but you mentioned all those minor leaguers that are coming up and uh that should be some they should be interesting i had both the ace alacy and Dan- daniel lynch on my cheat sheets this year just in case because we are in keeper leagues now um or i actually I, I mostly do keeper leagues now so i just had them on the ready just in case i needed to get a young pitcher but obviously they went undrafted uh the tigres tigers um that, and speaking of which i mean that they actually have the known uh minor league pitching commodities right but yeah. as we saw last year it's a work in progress two also, of which are yeah. going to start the year in the rotation as well yeah um, uh, aj hench came out and said both the uh, screwball and casey mize would be in the opening day rotation yeah so that should be interesting because we saw casey mize and he wasn't ready i mean it's it's tough man you, you there's no minor league games to play and and then all of a sudden you get called up just to get called up which uh was surprising even for the tigers to do so but um it should be an interesting year of development for them. That should be a team, even though they're going to be super bad, it should be a team we should keep an eye on when guys like Tariq Skubal and Casey Mize go up and eventually Matt Manning. And, um, you know, uh, I think Isaac Paredes will be eventually coming up as well. So a lot of interesting names, a lot of interesting players, but it's just a bad team. It's just, yeah. it's just a, a bunch of miss. 
misplaced uh, uh, players put together and hoping for the best. And they got a lot of veterans in here too, like Robbie Grossman, who I believe I believe you're a fan of. I, yeah, I he, he's like a solid. He's a solid player. Yeah, I think a lot of people sleep on him, and especially in a roto league, he's going to be batting leadoff. Yeah, even the top three hitters on the worst of teams are valuable in fantasy usually. Uh, and Usually. I think Robbie Grossman fits into that category. Um, another kind of uh, Rule Five relevant pick here: uh, Akil Badu of from he was out of the Minnesota Twins organization. He has had a great spring training with the Tigers. It's looking like they will keep him on the roster. And when you compare him to the options of Jacoby Jones, Victor Reyes, or Nomar Mazzara, uh, his path to playing time might be pretty clear. And he has great speed, so. I know people out there are always chasing steals. So uh, add Akil Badu to your uh, stolen base shortlist. Uh, Larry, who's uh, commenting uh, this morning. Good morning, Larry. Uh, he's been – and whenever there's these podcasts, either here or in Thong City, which they're on tomorrow night, I think they should be wrapping up their predictions as they're going a little bit more in depth than we are. We're just trying to go as fast as we can here. But he is insisting, letting the whole world know that there's no way on God's green earth the White Sox are missing the playoffs this year. There's, they got too many Cubans. <laughs> this is reason the Cubans. Uh, is Larry, I don't know. Is Larry Cuban or I, I never? I, always I, I believe so. I believe oh, so. No wonder. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, the Cuban uh, baseball. Uh, Cuba is the baseball capital of the world. Apparently, um, are are you ready for Michael Fulmer, the closer? Just last note on Tigers. Are you ready for that? Because <laughs> he is going to be in the bullpen for the Tigers this year. Um, I because no, I don't think anybody knows who's closing for the Tigers. You know, well, some say Brian Garcia, some say Gregory Soto. Uh, so let me let me. It tell definitely you, shouldn't be Joe Jimenez. <laughs> no, it, Joe Jimenez. I think that experiment is done. I don't even. Do you see Joe Jimenez on the on the? Yeah, he's on pitching? the roster. <laughs> no, I don't see him. Where oh no, he, he. Oh, I think he was just DFA'd. Actually, uh, oh, I'm looking at roster no. resources, but he was optioned to AAA, so he was not DFA'd. He had options remaining. I still believe in Joe Jimenez. <laughs> I still believe in him. Um. He's put only him on the, 26 years old. Oh my put god! Put him on the Rays. Put him on the Rays and, and or on the Astros. Somebody and, and, somebody said that on Twitter last night uh, when the news dropped that he had been optioned last night. Yeah. Uh, someone said he needs to be on the Rays, and it was like <laughs> make this happen. And they tagged the Rays. It was so funny. And so that means the Rays are going to do it for like a very cheap price. And yeah, Ho- Joe Jimenez is going to uh, lead their way into the World Series because of him. Uh, okay, so at the beginning of this whole ordeal, Gregory Soto and Brian Garcia were going back and forth on the bullpen uh, for the closer position. Oh, today on Roster Research, it's one, two, three, four, five, five, five guys, Sean, vying for that closer's role. So when you have five closers, that means you have no closers. So that's... <laughs> It's like the, uh, the quarterbacks conundrum. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Well, I'm, I'm, I was going to actually ask you about this. Now, when you have five potential closers in Major League Baseball in today's game, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, is that like a like a race thing that they're trying to do there without the I mean, if talent? any of them were good, then <laughs> so, it might be a good thing. Without the uh, like talent. Derek Holland might be a little interesting in like a, being a very Pomeranz light type person because since he's stopped starting – he actually looks somewhat passable, but we'll see. Uh, and I saw that people, uh, Tigers fans, had actually were wondering what the hell happened to Daniel Norris. Uh, he was a, a, a highly regarded prospect. I, w- I wanted to get your opinion on Daniel Norris. Daniel. He, was a, he was a highly regarded prospect for the Blue Jays. Got traded, I forgot for whom, um, as the Blue Jays were trying to make those play of pushes all those years. So, and he was the, the big gem piece of that trade. 
right? And yeah, I think he got cancer, and now he's in the bullpen. No longer. Yeah, he's uh, in the bullpen. He's only twenty seven years old, and he's been pitching since twenty fourteen. So. Yeah, I remember uh, 27 is like the new 32 nowadays. Yeah, and he's so. a lefty, so lefties all will literally stay in the league till they're 35. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe more. I mean, Jake McGee's still pitching, right? Yeah, I'm telling you. Uh, in 2020, uh, he played in 14 games, uh, strikeouts over one per inning, walks under two and a half per nine, three and a quarter ERA. Uh, maybe maybe he's the closer. I don't know. Uh, AJ Hench, we're gonna need you to get back to us on that, please. Uh, this is killing me. So I gotta look this up. Who did Daly Norris get traded to? Uh, okay, Norris was traded to the Tigers along with Matthew Boyd and Gyro Labor in the exchange for David Price. Oh, okay. Matthew I, Boyd, I, I, aka I opening day that. starter for the Detroit Tigers. And that was with the Blue Jays. I guess so. Man, that, that seems like such a long time ago. I don't. Yeah, that was with the Blue Jays. I don't remember any of that. But yeah, at one point the Blue Jays had some decent uh, pitching uh, pieces, and they all and they traded them all away. But they didn't pan out either. So no. we're still waiting on Jeff Hoffman in uh, Colorado. Uh, Jeff Hoffman is the number four starter for the Cincinnati Reds to open the year. Yeah, thank you for correcting me. I just remember that he got traded. I just he is going he to make one, likely one start. Uh, in that first week, and it's against projected to be against the Pirates. So Jeff Hoffman, SP streamer, week one already. Let's go. I mean, I, I, this this is just to tell you all you need to know about these trades, man. It doesn't matter which prospects you get. Oh well, this guy's not highly regarded, and that guy's not in the. Listen, I'm talking about Jeff Hoffman and Daniel Norris. At one point, were like supposed locks for the future for these two teams. You're telling me Hoffman's not with the Reds, and Norris is now coming out of the bullpen. And an afterthought in in a, in a team full of uh, young starting pitchers. So anything can happen, man. Nothing's guaranteed. Uh, nope. That's all I'm trying to say here. American League West. American League West. We both like the Astros. We, oh my God, this is this is mirror. Freaky, freaky. We have our first uh, five perfect uh, match matches here: Astros, A's, Angels, Mariners, Rangers. I, it was, although Sean, I was this close to putting the Angels and the A's uh, flip flop. Yes, I I was second. the same way because. I could very well see a a season in which uh, they blow it up. Well, let's talk about the Angels first. Let's go uh, with with our number three team. Why? What makes them so intriguing to at least to uh, compete for that second uh, place uh, spot in that division? Well, because we still haven't seen a full one sixty two of Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon together. Um, Otani. They have yeah, and Shohei Otani. Don't don't can't forget him. Uh, especially when we get down to the awards part of the show. Um, I just think that that lineup, they have great defense. Uh, Iglesias and Fletcher up the middle. Awesome. Kurt Suzuki's one of the more slept on catchers, him and Max Stasi, who I'm not sold on, but he had a good 2020. So congrats to you, Max. Um, <laughs> and then they have a, a nice, interesting blend of young players, guys like Jared Walsh, uh, Joe Adele coming up, obviously. I, I just think they have all of the right pieces. It's a matter of keeping those pieces in one spot. By the way, uh, we found out today that Larry, our guy Larry, who's in the comment section, he's both Cuban and Irish. So uh, I would have never have guessed that. It's a hell of a mix. Hell of a mix. But what, I think he's from New York, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> the melting pot of the world over there. So uh, I do appreciate Larry uh, chiming in. I know he's usually uh, not here in the morning. So I mean, who would want to wake up on a Sunday yeah. morning, right? Yeah. Definitely not these two. people. It's definitely yeah. not these guys. 
Well, it's up for us too. We love baseball <laughs> so much that so we'll, we're willing to uh, kill our Sunday mornings just for this. But uh, I like the Angels. Uh, maybe not enough to win a division, although I, I, the numbers do like them. But it's mostly because uh, Mike Trout. We saw it last year uh, in our in our Fubar. Well, not yours, but my Fubar rankings. I don't know if you want to take credit for not or not. <laughs> but Fubar did my my Fubar rankings. Uh, the the numeric uh, ranking system that I had uh, created over the years and have been trying to perfect for almost a decade now. But they like the Angels last year. Like, if if you don't tell the if, based on the statistics, not the win loss record, but just on the on the on the player performance statistics and what the you know future production should be and whatever, Angels were the first place team in the AL West, not based on actual win loss. You know, and we saw them give the Astros fits late in late in the year last year. So maybe there's something to uh, this team. But I take a look at the players and at the team again. Albert Pujols is now the starting first baseman, according to roster resource. And we're back to like, oh, maybe not. But there's a lot. To I, like I think Jared Walsh runs with that. I think that's going to be some sort of platoon uh, but with Walsh and uh, Pujols. Yeah, um, I could see that, too. I just don't the, know why roster resource doesn't have it that way. I, I don't know. The one name people do need to pay attention with, uh, the Angels, is a guy who was just informed he would make the opening day roster last night. Mm-hmm. And that is 28-year-old minor league prospect Jose Rojas yep. of the Angels. And he has done nothing but casually in over the last two years at AAA. Um, he played half of the year at AAA and uh, or finished the year in AAA in 18, uh, played all of 19 in the PCL. And he has just raked from day one a, a 284, 347, 539 slash line. Uh, he hit 31 home runs in 2019. Granted, this is the PCL. Yeah. But whenever you see guys, and he's done it at all levels in the minors, he's always hit, and he's always hit for power. Um, and right now, he's really probably just the depth piece, the Louis Louise Rangifo role, uh, especially with Rangifo optioned and Franklin Bretto on the IL. Uh, he's going to fill in a lot of different positions. But uh, he could, if Jared Walsh struggles, and he could take over the strong side of the platoon at first. He could play some second, short, third, in case they want to DH Rendon or somebody like that. So, Jose Rojas, a name to keep an eye on. All right, that's good to know. Rule five uh, drafty. Uh, no, he, he, he was a he was a rule five, but he, oh, he's I good. thought I saw. Yeah, rule five. No, he he, he, five. he he was with the Angels. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he, says, he was already with the Angels. I don't know what that means. Oh, I see. Okay, so he was he he was picked up, what, in 2016 maybe? I don't know. Uh, what, it says Rule 5 here. Oh, I am so sorry. That means he's going to qualify for Rule 5 uh, if he's not. Uh, added to the 40-man roster, which he will I be. I see. Yeah. Okay, okay. My bad, my bad. Uh, they're starting rotation. Uh, <laughs> are you a fan of six-man rotations there, Sean, or no? For this team, I yeah. actually am. Yeah. I, I think they have the pieces to make it work. They have a couple of guys who have issues staying healthy. Uh, Dylan Bundy, Andrew Haney, uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, they have Cobb. a couple of guys. They have a couple of guys. Alex Cobb has just been kind of blah. I'm not even sure if it's been injuries or if he's just been bad. He looks, you know what Alex Cobb looks like to me, Sean? Well, first of all, he doesn't look like Ty Cobb. I can tell you that much. But yeah, he, 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 that, when I see no him, but when I, <laughs> or corn, he's not a, uh, uh, related to corn either. Corn on the cob. Uh, but no, uh, seriously, when Alex Cobb, every time I see him pitch, he looks like a softball pitcher, like those six, that uh, Chicago style 16 inch uh, underhand softball. That's what he looks like to me. Uh, Griffin Canning is an intriguing player, but then you got Jose Quintana, who, you know, he might flourish. Quintana might yeah, flourish. I, under, I under think Jose Quintana was a forgotten pitcher in free agency this year, all because he didn't really pitch all that much in 2020. 
But yeah. I mean, he was consistently from 2015 to 2019. Uh, he made no less than or pitched to no less than 32 games. He's actually had uh, dating back to 2013 where he's made at least 32 starts in every single season. And for a team like the Angels, who half the time is just like clawing around to find bodies to start a game, uh, that's impressive. And he's always had good results. He's never been great, but he's always been good. I don't know why he wasn't more sought after in free agency. That part blew my mind. But I actually I do like this rotation, and I do like yeah. the six-man rotation for this team because yeah. they have some guys that it should you know, legitimately benefit. And I agree with all that all you said there, but I just want to add the Jose Quintana thing. I know that Cubs fan and White Sox fans like to go back and forth, but uh, in in light of uh, recent uh, recent uh, events here, it's safe to say the Cubs won that trade. So let's move on to the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I got people pissed off now. I, I love making people mad. It's great. Like, ah, how can you say that? Well, I mean, Eloy Jimenez is nowhere to be found, and Dylan says can't find command. And we don't even know who the other two guys were anymore, right? Oh. Like, <laughs> Probably some seventeen-year-olds. <laughs> I don't think so. What, wasn't that what the Cubs were? Or who, that was the Pirates that said all they wanted were seventeen-year-olds, and it had it was, extreme R. Kelly vibes. And it's still too old for Felipe Vasquez. So, yeah. <laughs> um, not to uh, not to make fun of, or not to make light of uh, uh, sexual allegations against minors. That's. Uh, that's a very icky thing that Felipe Vasquez did. But, we just uh, need to put Felipe Vasquez in the same room as a roided out Jose Canseco and like Sammy Sosa and like just coat Felipe Vasquez in powder steroids and they have to beat him up to get up. You know what the hell, man? Yeah, I you that know. was dark. A bunch of uh, wolf. Or, uh, it's a uh, George Carlin does the bit where he says, you know, take pedophiles uh, and wrap them up in gravy and throw them in a, ro- a room with two Wolverines high on angel dust. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, I was really quick on their bullpen. Uh, they have some uh, uh, you know, top heavy guys in Rice Hill Iglesias, who we talked about numerous times here. We're kind of iffy about him, but for better or for worse, he is the closer for that team. Um, he's supposed to get really good projected numbers. We'll see if that happens. Mike Myers, not not the actor, but the actual, or is it Mike Mayers? I, I, I don't know. I believe that one is Mayers. I, I Mayers, believe okay. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I believe it is Mayers. Yeah. He's supposed to be having a, a high, he's supposed to yield high strikeouts. Uh, Ty Buttry, who uh, has uh, seen some saving opportunities before. And then it just kind of uh, dips down in a hurry for that team. And that might be their downfall at the end, but uh, it's a very intriguing team. I, if I'm an angels fans, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful, a little bit hopeful this year. They are going to need help in the bullpen. And I believe the guy that's going to do it for them is someone that they acquired from my Miami and uh I believe last year because he pitched for the the Angels uh Jose Quijada he is a lefty 25 year old lefty uh posted great strikeout to walk numbers I mean great strikeout to walk numbers all throughout the minors um I don't know really why the Marlins gave up on him they've traded both Quijada and Alex Vesia who were these two lefties with great strikeout numbers that I guess they just didn't want anymore um it's an odd thing to do, but I think Jose Quijada probably has a lot of uh, helium in that uh, Angels bullpen. Currently projected to be in AAA. I'm not sure if he's actually been officially optioned, but uh, a guy to be on the lookout for. Or even they might be the ones that are aggressive to get go after, say, a Josh Hader. Maybe they give up one of their highly touted outfield prospects, like Brandon Marsh or Taylor Ward, somebody like that. You know, you never know. Taylor Ward. Wow. Oh, Taylor uh, Ward's a little bit older now. He's like 26, 27. Yeah. So that's why I'm maybe I'm, Brandon wow. Marsh. Maybe, maybe Brandon Marsh. 
Yeah, I remember Taylor Ward when he was supposed to be. Anyway, yeah, the Angels are full of those guys. It's a bunch of supposed to be's and never will be's. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, any thoughts on him? As uh, Leon is asking from the Step Back podcast, he's asking if Chris Rodriguez is going to make an appearance. He's listed to be on the bullpen right as of this moment. Yeah, but... he was the one, I believe, last week when we were on the show. Yeah. He was uh, and drafted him, and he's never pitched above A ball, but he's having a good spring training. So, sure, we'll give it to him. All right. Yeah. I mean, he has good strikeout career strikeout numbers, but I mean, it's a player who's only pitched nine innings above uh, a ball. So, yeah, he's only 22 years old, but the Angels are going to say, well, we might as well throw the kitchen sink and just go with full talent. Let's go with the uh, Astros at the at the moment as uh, that's our first place. But we feel like we talked about the Astros so long. I felt like we needed a little bit more time on the Angels, but the Astros, they bring up uh, they bring back uh, almost the entire cast of characters that everybody has grown to love and hate. Yeah. Aside uh, from George Springer and Josh Reddick. Yeah, those but, are the two you know, major departures. Yeah, uh, George Springer will, will be missed more than Josh Reddick, I think. Although Josh I, Reddick I think Kyle Tucker is better than George Springer, but that's me. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, George Springer definitely uh, is entering his uh, dip of his career, his downside of his career. And Josh Reddick was all defense anyway, but he had yeah. a cannon for an, an arm, yeah. but he was frustrating to watch. Uh, he was frustrating because it was he was the one person that was keeping Kyle Tucker from getting – full-time uh, at bats like two it's years ridiculous. ago. I mean, that he was the sole reason why Kyle Tucker was stuck in AAA for two years. Josh yeah. Reddick. <laughs> that, that's it. It's ridiculous. Um, Jason Castro's back. Uh, you know, it's a decent bench, but uh, yeah, they're, they're sorely lacking in the depth department. But uh, you know what these guys have is uh, veteran Moxie, for better or for worse. I know I know all this stuff about them, but it's a, it's a cast of characters that's been uh, through the trenches and through the through the uh, warfares of Major League Baseball playoffs. If I could use a borrow a, a military uh, analogy there, uh, rotation. We love the rotation. We always talk about you guys got to have Christian Javier and Jose Arquiti in your fantasy lineups. Lance McCullers, Zach Greinke, and then your guy Brandon Bielak is making. Uh, he's listed as SP number five there, Sean. No way. No way. As of right now, yeah. But oh, I mean, Fernando Valdez is gone. Justin Verlander is gone. Although, like you mentioned, uh, I think Valdez might be coming back. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, who else is under thing? Uh, oh yeah, he, oh, Jake he Odorizzi is, is listed in the minor leagues. Yeah. Okay. That that's what it is. Is I was say that's supposed to be Odorizzi's spot in the rotation. I think yeah. they said that he is going to make like one or two long man appearances out of the bullpen okay. and then put him back because he he was such a late signing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. That, that uh, makes more sense. I was like, that Brandon like should not be the fifth starter. Now I got to ask your opinion on this. For some reason, Fangraphs, the depth charts uh, uh, projections have the uh, uh, the Angels bullpen miles better than the Astros bullpen. And I'm just not buying it. Uh, what about you? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, let's pull it up. It's it. I mean, I'll tell you right now. They, uh, they, they both are structured similar, similarly. Similarly. Oh, I can't. And, I can't. And really speak quick, today. Astros are ranked 25th on their bullpen, and the Angels are ranked number 10. Yeah, I don't think the difference is that great. I think I it's. Think so I think there's a lot of bullpens, the Astros and Angels included, where they have one great guy up top, and everything beneath them is a question mark. Um, the upside plays for the Astros could be, you know, um, yeah, Ryan Stanek makes somewhat of a return. Um, Enoli Paredes is a guy that they really like. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Abreu has always looked good in the minors, and he's looked pretty good in spring training. Blake Taylor, the lefty they acquired from the Mets before the 2020 season, he was pretty good in a short sample size, but was a little bit fluky. It's yeah. 
I think they have more upside than the Angels bullpen, but I think they are structured similarly where you have the one guy at the top, you know, Presley and Iglesias, and then everything below them is a big freaking question mark. Also, Pedro Bias is under COVID-19 protocol. Josh James is trying to recover from a hip surgery. Uh, it's, it's, we've been waiting for Josh James to just light up, and he just can't stay uh, I, 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 I'm He's like Alex Ray is all over again. Yeah, that's unfortunate because he, he when he was healthy, he had some good stuff. The A's. Okay, so this is our probably um, – you listen to Dong City and uh, on Monday nights, and they're big fans of the A's. And then you get to this show, uh, Total Basis Podcast on Sunday mornings, and all we do is trash the A's, uh, <laughs> especially their pitching. I don't like their pitching, but um, but let's start with their lineup. Uh, there's a lot of good pieces. I think I picked the A's over the Angels is because they have a little bit more depth, and that should be enough <laughs> to get them over the top compared to the uh, Angels. Is that the way you see it too with their lineup? Yeah, I just I see a lot of ways where the A's could go wrong, and they blow it up, and they trade guys like Ramon Laureano and Mark Canna, and maybe even Matt Chapman, like or Matt, Matt Olson. Uh, I just I worry about the integrity of the team. Like if they keep it all together, I think they got the pieces to really, you know, make the playoffs. Uh, But I could see where they're 10 games under 500 come July 1st and they just blow it up. (laughs) And that's (laughs) that's what worries me. That's what worries me. In the meantime, uh, Chris Bassett, Jesus Lazardo, Sean Manea, Frankie Montes, Dalton Jeffries. Also, they are, well, according to Roster Resource, they are going to go with Dalton Jeffries, uh, who's uh, their fifth overall prospect from last year. Um, that's kind of surprising. Uh, well, I guess it really isn't. But uh, so the pitching doesn't look as bad as I think it does in my mind. I still, I'm still thinking that Mike Fires is in there somewhere, but it looks like he's uh, hurt. Yeah, uh, he's uh, hurt, hip injury. Hip, the hips don't lie. So it, it's a better rotation than I imagined, but still, I, I just don't, it doesn't scream elite to me. It doesn't scream like dominant, uh, unless Jesus Lazardo finally, you know, it clicks on him and he's able to figure things out. But uh, I just don't see it. Uh, their bullpen, I do have it marked down as a little bit better in my book. I know uh, the depth charts projections love the A's bullpen. Yeah. Uh, Deacon, Rosenthal, those are two guys that really oh, hold like. on. They don't like the they don't like the uh, A's bullpen as much as they like the Angels bullpen. A's are ranked twentieth. The Angels are ranked tenth. Uh, I like their A's bullpen. I, yeah, I, I'm so. I'm picking the A's bullpen over. Yeah, that's not even close. Yeah, that's why I put uh, that's that's the uh, edge that the A's have on the Angels and this spreadsheet right here. A, so a that, random note that I have seen so far in spring training with the A's: uh, Sean Manaya has been sitting like 93, 94 when when he was like a 89, 90 guy. And he's always had really good control. It'll be interesting to see if that's just a spring training gun or uh, like Kishon Manaya. We always, we give him so much shit, like so much, but he's actually not terrible. (laughs) Uh, Leon wanted to respond saying that the, that Dusty Baker will uh, ride those guys in Houston till their arms fall off till they can't walk no more whatever however that song goes but old, old town old town road dusty probably used to live on an old town road so old town, he's gonna <laughs> take that old town road and get these astros in the playoffs so <laughs> so uh, and, and speaking from experience because uh leon is a nationals fan and dusty baker used to manage the uh, uh the nationals a while back and the cups the cups it well. was funny in that interview i saw with uh brett strom that i referenced last week uh they were talking about jason castro the new catcher for the Astros. And he said, yeah, t- times have really changed since the last time you were here. And I, I just, just went back to like when Jason Castro's first year with the uh, 
Rockets with the Astros <laughs> and their top four starting pitchers. And according to innings pitched were Brett Myers, Wandy Rodriguez, oh. Bud Norris, and the ghost of Roy Oswald. <gasps> oh my Lord. And Jay Happ was on J.A. Happ was on that team. What, what a team. Wow. Oh my God. This is well, hey for those people wondering how the hell did the Astros get so bad and then become so good all of a sudden? Was it the trash can? Hey, hey, no. you, you know who pitched one inning in that 2010 season for the Astros? No, who? Kevin Cash. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Mark Melanson pitched 17 innings. I never even knew he played for the Astros. I didn't know either. That's a new I thought one, he so. was like straight up from the pirate system. Hey man, the Astros, they they from the get-go, they always knew how to uh, develop those players, and now they're they're on everybody's major league team for better yeah. or for worse, and uh, <laughs> spreading their cheating ways all over like a virus, like a COVID virus, right? Uh, the Mariners, uh, we talked about their Mariners. We like their uh, farm system. Uh, we just don't know if Jerry Depoto will be patient enough with them. I guess I don't know. Uh, they, they, he definitely will get rid of a lot of a veterans. So, uh, but that's still a team in work in progress. They have a lot of veterans on that team. I just don't trust. Uh, they're also going with a six-man rotation. Um, I'm assuming you don't like their their six man rotation. Their their six month six man right well, six man rotation. I like less than the Angels. Yeah. Uh, simply because Chris Flexen is in it, and <laughs> you know Chris Flexen, former Met pitcher, he went over to the KBO, did pretty well, but he's just so boring. But he does fit the archetype of that we've talked about with Mariners pitching prospects is that they're command over stuff guys. Um, yeah. And it's definitely more so in the case in Flexens where his stuff is not very good at all, but he does have pretty good command. Um, I think the name people need to re-highlight and hop back on the bandwagon of both James Paxton and Yusei Kikuchi. I think... I say Kakachi. <laughs> Get it? The uh, six-man rotation, I think, is really going to help uh, James Paxton hopefully stay healthy. Uh, he looked great in his last spring training outing, was sitting like 95, 96. So velocity was back which was the big thing that had a lot of people worried about Paxton after 2020 was the velocity was just gone. Um, But this is going to be an interesting team that by the, after the all-star break, when their young guys start coming up, I'm expecting clinic to be up in April after the, the two thing or the two weeks for service time, whatever. Um, But when this team gets on all cylinders and maybe one of their, uh, George Kirby, or mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the other one who's I uh, Logan up, Gilbert. But... Logan Gilbert, there you go. Maybe yeah. one of those two guys are pitching for the big league team by that point. Uh, this team could really, uh, they're kind of like the Royals, uh, except it might take them a little bit longer to get started. I, I disagree. I think that you're going to see uh, a lot of the Mariners, uh, minor league, uh, like highly touted prospects get called up sooner rather than later. I think the uh, the Royals are going to take their sweet time on their end. I think the Mariners, you could see some of those, like you mentioned, for all the reasons you mentioned, they might get rid of a lot of their uh, veteran players and get these young guys up and running. And some of the young guys, you guys got to keep an eye on for the uh, Mariners. Uh, uh, Lee J. Newsome, you might see him. I, he's not the, you know, a highly I love ranked Newsome. Okay, so you like him, but he's not a highly ranked prospect nope. on that team. But it's a it's a it's a te- it's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Logan Especially Gilbert, if they stick with a six man rotation, like yeah, for a long time. Uh, Logan Gilbert, you mentioned, who uh, is is highly regarded. Emerson Hancock, uh, you might see him next year, but still highly regarded. George Kirby, I think George Kirby could move fast. Uh, yeah, uh, he's projected to go early 2022, but like I mentioned him because you mentioned him. Yeah. And if you think he's going to go fast and keep an eye on him, then, uh, then you mentioned Jerry Kalenic, Julio Rodriguez. It's a fun team to keep an eye on because of the, just how, 
uh, exciting their future looks to be. But again, they, they got some work to do here. And of course, the Rangers, who just might be the they, they and the Tigers might just be the worst team in, the, in all of Major League Baseball. So, um, but hey, if Joey Gallo bats 250, a lot of my spring training, uh, a lot of my uh, uh, fantasy drafts so far look really good because <laughs> I have a lot of shares of Joey Gallo. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah, so uh, Fangraphs, I think, has the Tigers as worse, much worse than the Rangers. I think it's a lot closer than that. Uh, any positives about the Rangers? I mean, it's not fair to just dismiss them like that, Sean. Not, not really. I, I, I don't see it. Um, the, maybe David Dahl stays healthy and actually puts up a good year. Um, Nate Lowe, free Nate Lowe seasons in full effect, and he does awesome. But I've seen some stuff in spring training that really has me worried about Nate Lowe yeah. and that he can't hit velocity. Somebody's looked at his numbers versus anything over like 93 or 94 miles an hour, which is troublesome because if you can't hit a major league fastball, you're not going to last a very long time. Uh, Matt Bushnell, the Audible football podcast over at Football Life, says that Mariners might hit the 500 mark this year. Uh, I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible, especially, especially in that weak division. But uh, somebody has to finish in fourth, and the Mariners look like a really nice fourth-place team there. <laughs> and uh, he wants to know how we view Kyle Lewis. I think I, I, I talked enough about Kyle Lewis at this point in this podcast. I, was, I don't trust him at all. But yeah, I was Sean, asking one of my uh, Mariners beat guys. Uh, he writes for Pitchers List, uh, Michael Hato. I don't want to butcher his name, but I think I just did. Uh, but Mitch Hanniger has looked really good and is planted in that leadoff spot uh, to start the year. Kyle Lewis is like, I think, battling an injury. They're not even sure if he's going to be on the opening day roster because of it. Uh, Taylor Trammell, former top prospect for the uh, Reds and Padres, has been told <laughs> he is going to make the roster. And yeah. he's a guy that I've always liked. He's going to take the starting left field job. But if Kyle Lewis isn't good to go, uh, Trammell could end up in center. Um, Jared Kalenick's going to be up in two weeks. So yeah. d- whose job does he take? Does he take uh, Trammell's? Does he take Kyle Lewis? Uh, is Mitch Hanniger still on the team? Uh, There are a lot of question marks to the point where I'm not even sure if Kyle Lewis is a starting outfielder in a year. Like Mm -hmm. at at this point next year, Kyle Lewis might not be a starter. And I I don't trust him for all the reasons Felipe doesn't trust him. I think there's big swing and miss issues there. I do think he has, you know, legit power, but I think it's going to come with a really risky hit tool. And I think his 260 can turn into 225 real fast. And the and other that's thing what worries me. The other thing about Kyle Lewis is that we got to remember that he started out as a 40-45 prospect uh maybe a year or two ago. So he was he was already having to make that up that big climb to uh, relevance, which he did. He won rookie of the year, but it just seems like it's smoke and mirrors. Uh let's quickly I just want to quickly make mention some names for the Rangers. Uh David Dahl, reclamation project. You mentioned Joey Gallo, Nick Solak should be a good player to keep an eye on. Nate Lowe is kind of disappointing to hear what you just said about him. Leo yeah, and like I, he's a guy that I've always been so high on too. Yeah, ditto. Leody Tavares, uh, I know Sean doesn't like him, but for fantasy nope. purposes, you guys, you got to keep an eye on him, or at least you almost are at a point you got to snatch him up for the cheap stolen basis. I mean, he's projected to get up 20 plus, so that's reason enough to like him. Kyle Gibson's still on the team, or uh, is the ace of that team, I should say. Ooh, Dane Dunning. The, their their the entire team. bullpen is just like falling apart in the last week and a half. I mean, Ian Kennedy, is, Jonathan uh, Hernandez, Jose Leclerc, Brett Martin, and Jolie Rodriguez. Three of the four guys that we've been saying we're going to be the closers like the last three years are mm-hmm. all injured for an extensive period of time. I think they're talking about Leclerc having to get Tommy John again, I Ugh, think. 
uh, Jonathan Hernandez. They're they're both dealing with elbows. They said Hernandez is only sprained, but Leclerc is discomfort that they haven't diagnosed yet. I don't think uh, Matt Bush is in the hunt for cl- the closer spot. Not Matt Bush Nell, but Matt Bush without the Nell. Uh, actually, Nell in Italian means without. So there you go. <laughs> without <laughs> without Bush. <Nell. laughs> uh, Willie Calhoun, Chris Davis are also hurt. Uh, is, is any? prospects i like i like willie calhoun still i I think he's a a nice little post type sleeper guy uh he's just got to stay healthy uh josh jung is their uh big shot third baseman uh you know he's still a a work in progress he might show up later this year though we'll see and uh yeri rodriguez was highly regarded in terms of being in the uh uh, in the 150 top 150 for fan graphs and that's pretty much it there's really nothing here the cupboard's kind of bare all right so i asked for last minute uh predictions uh oh uh, matt bush wants to know if he should uh go after dane dunning on his in his fantasy uh, team. it really depends i i think he is a guy you could target i think he's probably the best pitcher on that entire rotation uh him or kyle gibson but if uh, the rangers ballpark plays small or uh, plays big like it did last year i think that plays right into dane dunning's uh specialty so he's definitely a, a keep an eye on i don't go out of my way and draft him but he's a guy i would keep an eye on and just to see, just to show you how much of a married couple Sean and I are at this point, uh, once again, mirror images of each other. We got the Dodgers. The this Padres. is the most boring division in baseball. I don't I, know. We, we really don't need to spend time here. It's Dodgers, Padres. The Padres could be a hundred win wild card team. And then the next three teams, the Giants kind of want to win and they kind of don't care. And yeah. then the D backs and Rockies are just. Pfft. Oh, uh, okay. So you mean uh, it's uninteresting or boring because it's it's pretty predictable. But yes, I, oh, it's I so think, predictable. But it's probably the most exciting division in the National League. Well, no, the National League East. We'll to get to them in a little bit. But you know, Dodgers and Padres have all the big name players, the more the, like the exciting players. Everybody like kind of been keeping an eye on. Giants should be interesting in third place. Uh, the Diamondbacks. Uh, well, I mean, their future looks kind of bright. We'll get to it in a little bit. And the Rockies might be the worst run franchise in all of Major League Baseball. So. Um, <laughs> With all that being said, uh, yeah, Dodgers, Padres, that should be your one-two punch. Padres get the – I think they're going to get the wild card. I am so sorry. Let's go back to the American League. Who were your two wild card teams there, Sean? Uh, oh, let me pull it up. I had it. Oh, uh, God. Let me uh, stop sharing for a little bit so I can fix that. Oh, wild card for the American League, Yankees and Twins. Okay, so let me – Yankees. Uh, who's number one? Yankees. Who's Who gets home field advantage in that 50 Yankees. Game? Yankees. Okay, so that's your W1. And the Twins? Yes, all right, let's fix that as well. All right, pick that. Da, da, da. So I figure you got, oh, man, why you got to torture those poor Twins fans, bro? <laughs> hey, maybe they sneak one out this year. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like it. No. <laughs> All right. So uh, what the hell? Oh, there you are. So there's a Yankees wild card for Sean, Yan- Twins wild card for Sean. So I don't know why it's doing that let's stop okay all right okay now it's just freaking me out here what's that twin c13 doing oh god it did a it did a a formula huh well let's get going national league west uh dodgers uh they're the same team we've been bragging and talking about for the last uh, three or four years uh they're still should be good to go i almost was this close to putting the padres just like to make that bold prediction but i i just can't do it Uh, yeah i i can't do it there's no way Dodgers are just too loaded, and uh, we don't need to talk about the Dodgers. They're just most resources, best team, uh, pound for pound, uh, and they have all these minor league players just waiting to um, 
what do you call it? Um, either get traded for more veteran pieces or just contribute to the team right now. They just, yeah. they, they, they're the best at doing that. The Padres, uh, they're trying to be like the Rays a little bit, uh, but they're not as strict as Henry Maldonado of the Dong City Podcast will tell you. They're not as strict uh, in terms of the analytics as the Rays are, but they still have a, a, a very good uh, lineup. Their rotation is m- miles away better than last year's. Um, and the bullpen, <laughs> oh man, I love their bullpen. I just wish Drew Pomerantz wasn't hurt right now. But uh, you yeah. you, lo- you like their bullpen? I'm actually uh, like, yeah, no, been... I, I I don't want to look at it. Oh, I mean, man. it's I, like I like Pomerantz, but uh, Pagan, I'm tired of Mark Melanson, I'm tired of Kiona Kella, I'm tired of. And no, after I, that, I, it's when boring. in doubt, when in doubt, I just I I, I whenever I need a bullpen, I am I always look at the Padres or in the Rays or, or the Padres first. Um, but let's see who else. Pagan, I know you don't like him. Pierce Johnson, we talked about before, um, as a guy who can uh, what do you big call old it? slider. Uh, Big old slider. Uh, he's projected to get 66 strikeouts in 57 innings. That's a lot to like about. Uh, Tim Hill is on that uh, as a lefty specialist, sort yeah. of. Uh, Craig Stammen, who's like, who's now Craig Stammen has always been a, a, a guy I keep an eye on for years now, and now he's kind of become like the veteran uh, elder statesman at the age of 37 years old. He so, has just stuck around for, yeah. I mean, four years in 2017, 2018, 2019, uh, coming out of the bullpen. 80 innings, 79 innings, 82 innings. Talk about a rubber arm. And yeah. he he was like that way even his last few years in Washington. So kudos to you, Craig Stammen. I'm telling you, man. Uh, let's see. Where does, uh, where, does, where does the Padres? Padres are the number four ranked uh, bullpen, according to Fangraph stuff charts. So I, I can mean, say it. Yeah. They, they, they don't like them, the, but you can see it. They have more quantity than quality. In my opinion, hey man, that's all you need to make it through a 162 game season, bro. Yeah. That's all you need. Uh, some of the, I think they got some injured guys too. Jose Castillo, oh Tommy John surgery, never mind. Uh, Matt Strom also had, oh he has a ugh, knee a injury. Yeah, yeah. So imagine if this team was healthy, how much stronger they would look. But uh, unfortunately, injuries play a part, and they st- and they still have a really good bullpen regardless. Uh, the Giants we talk about as that sneaky team that could just be a thorn on a lot of uh, teams' sides in the National League. Um, Sean, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I don't know. What I, I think that they could be a really good team for batting average. Like, I could see them leading all of baseball in batting average, and somebody might take like a victory lap over that. But you, you look at their hitters, you know, uh, Dickerson, Yastrzemski, uh, Lestella, Donovan Solano, and Donovan Solano could win the batting title. Uh, yeah. Wilmer Flores, all guys that hit for very good averages. But the pitching is. Uh, not pretty in terms of the starting <laughs> rotation. I, I know you love Kevin Gossman. I, I know oh, you yeah, love yeah. Kevin Gossman, He's but I just there. I don't see it. Uh, Gossman, Desclafani, Cueto, and the one of the Logan Webbs. There's like three of them in baseball, or Logan Allen. Uh, it's so confusing. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a veteran team. There's not a lot of prospects coming up, but I think it's it's a team that just it's just dumb enough to just win about 81 games. Yeah. And it'll be like they were a couple of years ago. um, And they had that really hot streak going into the trade deadline and they were buyers, even though they were supposed to be sellers that year and they ended up not making the playoffs anyway. So probably going to happen again. Uh, Just a couple of names I want to mention. I think you mentioned them already as well. at this Clefani and uh, Aaron Sanchez. Yeah, I, I, I was just about to say Aaron Sanchez. I was looking up his spring training numbers right as you mentioned him. The ghost of Aaron Sanchez, who's only still only 28 years old, 
uh, yeah, but has not looked again. good in spring training so far. 20, 28 is a new 31. But, uh, hey, you know what? Softer ball. I, I, I forgot what the thing was with, with these balls this year, but if it's not a hard Less ball. Less bouncy. Like, Less bouncy. Okay. So, well, if it's not a hard ball like uh, Aaron Sanchez has been complaining about when he was in Toronto, that should mean less blisters. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's but less bouncy, He's, he's right? had major, I believe, shoulder surgery since the blisters, though, too. Listen, man. I know I didn't draft these guys, uh, these the Sclafani's, the Aaron Sanchez's of the world, but that big ballpark does miracles. I'm telling you, man. I I, I, I look, I expect. <laughs> How many miracles did it do for Jeff Samarsha? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, he wasn't good to begin with. There, I said it. Uh, Cuff fans love them. I'm like, man, you can't get a you can't have a football player be your ace of the starting rotation. Get uh, out of here. Okay, uh, so Aaron Sanchez is actually listed as the number five starting pitcher for the Giants right now. That's that's, that's hilarious. I'm that is hilarious. I'm, but I'm telling you, man, a uh, big ballpark. Um, you know, uh, I think that it's not going to be the big jump that Kevin Gossman see, but I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised. And it's one of those guys you. For fantasy purposes, you can you keep an eye on just in case something materializes there. Now you mentioned Dodgers and Padres, but I I that's a two tough teams in that division. But I countered that by saying D backs and Rockies, although Colorado is not a happy place to play. But anyway, Jake McGee's on the team, so that's something yeah, then, yay, Jake McGee. Yeah, I mean he's uh, on the yeah he's on the Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Reyes Moronta, uh, who we talked about before, if he could. Um, yeah, they still don't know who their closer is. So, but uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a decent 500 team. Uh, the D backs, we got to the Arizona now. And like I said, it's more about a. a I could see play. the D backs in a best case scenario being better than the Giants. It's possible. It's possible. Again, that's another veteran built team, but it's just not, there's just no superstars on that team. Not, not at least. I think Cattel Marte is being slept on. Yeah, well, there's reason for that. So <laughs> we'll see if he if he bounces back to his. Uh, I forgot what was a good year for him. Was it 2019? Uh, okay, well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to like about here, but I don't compared to the Dodgers and Padres and even maybe the Giants. Uh, yeah, they'll be lucky to get the third place. Uh, their rotation is just uh, now that what's his face? Uh, Zach uh, Allen. Thank you. Zach Allen is gone. They look even more mediocre. Madison Bumgarner is now SP number one. Maybe Madison Bumgarner purposely injured Zach Allen. <laughs> he said now another pitcher can be injured and get labeled as injury prone. Yeah. And I'm going to be their opening day. Me <laughs> at 32 years old or whatever age he's at. So that, that's a work in progress. The bullpen, uh, Joakim Soria, who you mentioned last week, you you like him, but not you're not. I, in love I, with I him. like I like Crichton more than Soria, and I feel weird about saying that, but I do. Uh, the, should, yeah. the names to really keep an eye on back there are uh, Kevin Ginkle. Uh, he's yeah. had really bad control issues since making his first you know debut with the Diamondbacks, but he has all the makings of a potential closer. Uh, Chris Davinsky, maybe a bounce back candidate. Yeah. And then uh, JB Bukowskis, uh, who always seemed destined for the bullpen with his control and the fact he only really had two great pitches. But um, if JB Bukowskis gets called up this year, uh, he's someone that I really like in that uh, Diamondbacks bullpen. Other names to keep an eye on Dalton Varsha, who uh, you know how much I love him. I mentioned him in the previous podcast. Uh, so keep an eye on him. Christian Robinson, who I'm a big fan of. It just every time I read about him, I get more excited. Oh, Christian Robinson's not playing for the Diamondbacks this year. There's no, no, way. no, but just, uh, oh, okay. No. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was, was going to say, he's minors, like yeah. still an A ball and he's barely yeah. played. <laughs> you might, you, if you're lucky, you might see Alec Thomas get called up this year, but uh, he's projected to co- come in uh, yeah. at 2022. But yeah, I just think their outfield right now is set. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we see Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, or uh, Christian Robinson for a few years. Uh, a I, I think Cattell Marte and Tim LaCastro are going to share center field, it looks like. Okay. Um, it, uh, David Peralta is still there. Is he ever going to leave? 
No, no. Uh, he's uh, he saw. Yeah, I mean, he probably should follow AJ Pollock's uh, direction and just go to a better team. But uh, you know. People like Arizona. Look at Matt Bushnell, right? Yeah. Uh, Cor- uh, Corbin, you mentioned Corbin Carroll. Well, they also have a pitcher named Corbin Martin. Uh, he might show yeah. up later this year. We'll see. He was a part of the. He was the centerpiece, really, of that Zach Grinky trade. Uh, he had just undergone Tommy John when they traded him. Um, but one hitter who is slated to probably be a starter coming out of the gates that uh, people haven't heard of for the Arizona Diamondbacks is Josh Rojas, who is yeah. also involved in the uh, Zach Grinke trade. He was in the Houston system in that Houston team or uh, Houston AAA team in 2019. He was one of the best hitters in all of baseball. Um, in AAA, if I can pull it up. Uh, goodness gracious. Yeah, in AAA, Josh Rojas is a 339, 430, 623 header. That's an OPS over 1,000. He has had a great spring training, uh, batting 338 on base over uh, right around 400, six walks, 17 strikeouts was a little worrying, but he's getting a lot of playing time in spring, which usually when you see that, especially late um, newsflash, they probably have a job somewhere. So he could fill in at any one of several places, second base, shortstop, right yeah. field might be the clearest path for him right now with Cole Calhoun injured. But um, another favorite of mine, Pavin Smith, could also uh, pick yeah. up that right field job as well. Uh, to the Rockies, and this is a garbage team. Uh, yeah. I, I, it, it's a problem when I think I'm the mo- the guy I'm most excited for this year is CJ Crone, and he's 31 years old. Um, but yeah, this is a team that who has had a lot of uh, projects and a lot of players come up their system and just not be able to click in the major league level. Um, and they also done some dumbass moves by signing some veterans that they shouldn't have signed. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe including CJ Crone, but <laughs> I, I'm excited for him, man. I, I think this is a good bounce back year now that he's uh, planted as a first baseman in Colorado. But, um, uh, you know, aside from the Trevor stories of the world and Charlie Blackman, who Matt Bushnell was hitting me up on, was it Friday night or Saturday morning? I forgot which day it was, but asking me a million questions about Charlie Blackman. And I think we talked about him numerous times, but um, Charlie Blackman bat- still batting average, relevant. batting average. Uh, yeah, he, he is. Yeah. But I mean, he's no longer the, the, the five category guy he was, and he hasn't been that guy yeah. for several years now, but he's probably one of the easiest bets for a 300 average and at least 150 runs and RBIs combined. Yeah. And but I think there's a lot of steals hidden on this Rockies team, which in, or yeah. in terms of actuals, not steals as in guys draft, and they're going to be really good, but legitimate stolen bases. Uh, Hampson can run. Rhino yeah. Tapia can run. Sam mm-hmm. Hilliard can run. Um, and they're a bad team, and bad teams usually be the tend, tend to be the ones that run a lot. Look at the um, Royals. Yeah. <laughs> uh well maybe sean maybe you can uh, out of that hitting lineup which young player let's say on besides the Trevor stories of the world which young player do you actually like on that team uh that's uh slated to start this upcoming season uh i don't think he's slated to start right now i'd have to pull it up i really do like sam hilliard i think he is kind of like charlie blackman light but yeah he's started to be in uh, center field Right now, uh, the only question with uh, Sam Hilliard is he has a big strikeout problem, uh, something that I don't think Charlie Blackman ever really dealt with. But um, when you combine Hilliard's speed and power, uh, he's an absolute game changer. I mean, in 2019, he had 35 home runs and 22 stolen bases in 125 games in AAA. Um, 2017, 133 games in high A ball, uh, 21 home runs, 37 stolen bases. So 
those are categories that, you know, he really adds up in and you just have to worry about his batting average. But if you're playing half your games at course Field, I don't worry about it as much. Oh, and it seems like I lost Felipe, so we will keep this going. Uh, we are going to the American or National League Central now. Uh, let me go ahead and try and make sure we get Felipe back in here. That was kind of – you just up and left me like that. That's not very cool. Anyone still with me on the stream? I, I see we are still live, so we are going to keep this going. There you go. And, of course, he took his uh, projections and predictions with us. So I will just share mine as we go to the National League Central. Uh, Felipe lost his internet. He is letting me know. Oh, and he's back. Okay. I don't know what the hell happened there. Back? So. Okay, there you go. All right. Where did you leave off? Uh, we, we haven't even gotten out of the West yet. I, I was just uh, okay. about to move on to the Central. Uh, who were you talking about at the end over there? Hmm? Who were you, who were you talking about at the end? Uh, I, I missed like... Oh, Sam pitch. Hilliard. Sam Hilliard. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Rockies, the uh, pitching sucks. The bullpen sucks. Everything sucks about them. Any <laughs> minor leaguers to look after? Not no, uh, Josh Fuentes, Fuentes maybe as the third baseman, but that's yeah, that's really it. Anyway, that's that's a really bad team. Let's go to the central, like you mentioned. Uh, Brewers, uh, I got the... Okay, let's start with me. So this is a, a lot of differences here. I got the Brewers in first, the Cardinals in second, Reds, Cubs, Pirates. Uh, over at Sean's side, you want to go ahead, Sean? Uh, do you want to pull up the uh, the spreadsheet? Oh, I you am have so it? sorry. No, I, <laughs> I, I assumed that it was still up there. Sorry about no, that. No, it, it went away when you did. Yeah, that's usually how it happens. Okay, <laughs> so like I mentioned, Brewers, Cardinals, Reds, Cubs, Pirates. Sean has the Reds, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Pirates. Uh, so Brewers and then the Reds. Oh, I forgot to ask. Any Padres are your wild card number one as well, right? Yes. Okay, let's just put it up on the board. Okay, so there it is. Uh well, let's start with you, Sean. Uh, the Reds, uh, you know, any of these four teams can win a division. Yeah, it's it's uh, actually I, I think it's a, a three team race. I, I think the Cubs don't have a shot. I think the Cubs unload Chris Bryan and maybe even Wilson Contreras before the season's out. I yeah, think they're I think they're throwing in the towel about through uh, July. But uh, I mean, Brewers, Cardinals, Reds, all three have. This was the hardest one to do, and it and it's probably going to be in real life, just because yeah. none of the teams are great. They're all pretty good, and they all have some, you know, obvious warts. Uh, for the Reds, it's their defense. For the Brewers, it's their starting pitching depth. For the Cardinals, it's does the outfield hit enough? I mean, they have some obvious good offensive weapons. You know, Goldschmidt, a um, Less, um, <laughs> Nolan Arenado. But it's they all have some severe pauses, and I, I just think the Reds have the most high end talent, both in the pitching rotation, in the bullpen, and among the position players. So that 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 was why I picked them. Yeah, uh, that's why I picked them over the Reds, and uh, that's why I picked the Reds over the Cubs in third place. I just their lineup is just I don't know, it's just too inconsistent for me. They have they have. Uh, it's, I don't know, man. Uh, it's just, it's, I don't think it's, it's consistent enough for my liking. And that's why I'm compared to the Brewers and Cardinals. I think the Reds still have a, are still trying out some pieces. They're trying to 
to figure things out. I do love the fact that Eugenio Suarez is going to be a shortstop. Oh, God. I love that. That that actually makes me want to move them into second place because the Reds were already likely going to be one of the worst defensive teams in baseball, uh, starting guys like Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker. And now you're putting a Eugenio Suarez at shortstop. Oh, shivers. Who was, their, who was their shortstop to begin with? I know that that wasn't the plan. To well, begin with. remember, they got rid of, uh, I believe they had Freddie Galvis oh, on the roster. Yeah. And they were going to go after guys like Didi Gregorius and Marcus Simeon. And they whiffed on both. That's and if it wasn't Suarez at shortstop, they were looking at Kyle Farmer. The catcher turned utility infielder. Uh, yeah, they, they had no options at shortstop. I think uh, although, uh, what was their uh, prospect? He had a good spring training last year. I believe it's Jose Garcia. Okay. I always confuse Jose Garcia and Luis Garcia, but yeah. uh, it, it could be really bad watching defense on this team. Yeah, I think Mike Freeman was supposed to have, I think at one point was also slated to be a starting shortstop for this team and looks like he's going to be on the bench. Uh, but yeah, like I said, if there was a more consistent lineup... Uh, you know, because at any point they can go ahead and you know, sit Jesse Winker down and replace him with, I don't know, shoot, Aristides Aquino or something like that. So, yeah. like, I see Castellanos. Are they going to move Castellanos back to third base and then Ustakas to second base and then uh, open up an everyday job for Aquino? Because Aquino is out of options. They had to, there were several players around Major League Baseball that had to go to an arbitrator to see if they had a fourth option year left. Uh, oh, due to the boy. shortened season, and Aquino's came back and said he does not, so Ooh. he has to be on the twenty, the active roster, or uh, he cannot be sent down without being uh, going through waivers. So interesting and, uh, development there. And you still have Shogo Akiyama uh, on the on the mend right now. He's on the injured yeah. list right now, so he could take a bats away from Nick Senzel or any other, or maybe even Jesse Winker. Yeah. Just I, I think he he forms some sort of platoon with Nick Senzel, and then Nick Senzel kind of plays everywhere. All right, let's move on. Well, let's go to the Brewers. Uh, as mentioned on uh, when was it that I was uh, having this discussion with the uh, sensitive Cub fans? Was it Friday? Yeah, it was Friday. Just one after another. Ah, these projections don't like the Cubs. The Cubs are the best team ever. But the, <laughs> the Brewers, uh, dude, their pitching is just lights out. I, I've been clamoring for the Brewers uh, uh, to get more attention because I just absolutely love their pitching. I wish their offense was a little bit more consistent, but I think their pitching is strong enough to kind of carry them. It's the opposite effect of what the Angel, uh, what the Blue Jays are doing, where I love their lineup, and I think their lineup is their, their uh, position players are going to kind of carry them into the promised land. Uh, it's the opposite with the Brewers. I think they're pitching. They have enough pitching to get them over the top, and I know that once you go outside Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, you go with guys like Adrian Hauser and Brett Anderson and maybe Freddie Peralta, Josh Lindblom. Uh, I think that's still a nice mix of uh, of a starting rotation. I, I like that first five or six guys for a rotation. My worry is what happens if one of them goes down? Because the about? guys behind that, hey, they, they recently signed Jordan Zimmerman, the biggest thief in all of Major League history. So uh, he's still alive. Uh, I, I just I worry about the bullpen if if and when Hader gets traded. Um, they still got obviously they, uh, yeah, obviously they still have some guys back there. It's just, and I hate their infield. They're, oh my God, their infield is like, makes me want to vomit. It looks a lot better now though. Uh, we'll get to it, but I just want to point out that they also have a guy named Zach Brown. He has a band. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. I, I knew you would appreciate it, but here's the, the infield that Sean's talking about. Keston hero at first Colton Wong at second, uh, Dong city, uh, mentioned how they, went after guys like Colton Wong and Jackie Bradley just because they want to 
rely on pitching and defense alone. So Colton Wong's one of the better second defensive second baseman. You bring you put Keston Hero at first and kind of hide his whatever defense defensive uh, incapabilities that he might have. And then you've got Lorenzo Kane and Jackie Bradley in the outfield. But yeah, so getting back to the infield, sorry, I got distracted because I remember Bong <laughs> City talking about that. Colton Wong, uh, Keston Kiora, Luis Urias, who we're still waiting for. And if not Luis Urias, Orlando Arcia is there waiting to take that spot. And Travis Shaw is back at third base. So um, they got some pieces and Daniel Robertson as well. We, we talked about him. Uh, he, I, I just, I don't see it. I don't he, see enough offense. Especially compared to the Reds or to even the Cardinals, I think yeah. it, it it'll do wonders for their their pitching, you know. But it's like they either have really good defenders, you know, at second base with Wong, um, or in the outfield where you have now Lorenzo Kane, JBJ, and Christian Yelich. I think is an underrated defender and always has been. Yeah. I know he probably goes a little less hard now that he's making a bunch of money and has a, a balky knee. But then you look at some of the other defenders. Uh, Keston Hira is a bad defender. Luis Urias is a bad defender. I mean, especially <laughs> at shortstop. Well, that's where Orlando Travis Shaw is kind of, oh, okay, I think. <laughs> I, I always forget about Travis Shaw. But it's yeah, like, it it's I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Well, if they fail, they, they got pieces on the bench waiting. Uh, Daniel Robertson, who we talked about, he's like their Swiss Army knife utility guy. He could become like a Ben Zobrist, uh, a, a diamond nickel Ben Zobrist version of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Avisal Garcia and Billy McKinney are, provide outfield depth. Manny Pina for uh, Omar Narvaez, a catcher. So, yeah, they don't they lack punch. But I, I, like I mentioned on Friday, I've seen Kristen Yelich carry this team before. If he's fully healthy and hitting on all cylinders, he could do it again. Uh, it's a, it's it's kind of an Easter Sunday theme there. He's he was gone and he will be risen and he will come again. So that's the Brewers. That's why I like. I just want Daniel Vogelbach to get 500 plate appearances. Is that too much to ask for? He's not even on the freaking lineup. Where is he? Oh, he's he, uh, on the uh, bench. No, he, he's listed at AAA according to roster resource. Oh, I didn't think he had any options remaining. That's interesting. Oh, right, well, that, yeah. Hey, if you want that big bat, it will be coming soon. Uh, it, once, yeah, uh, it, they say right. he has no options remaining, so they're going to have to uh, – he will be exposed to waivers <laughs> if uh, they option him because so. I was say he he should be – yeah, I, I like Vogelbach. Yeah. 20 yeah. grade speed. I love it. it if he was a 20 was a grade de- speed, I, I think that's the lowest I've ever seen. If there's a desert, well, there's always 10 speed of bike <laughs> with bicycles, right? Uh, no, hold on now. Uh, if um, if there was a designated hitter, yeah, Daniel Vogelbach would have been on this roster according to roster resource, but there is no designated hitter, and that's a crime. Uh, <laughs> the bullpen guys, I know the bullpen guys, something that Cubs fans mentioned on Friday, uh, in the baseball group, Baseball Life on Facebook. Uh, that a lot of the guys that on the bullpen are unproven, like Devin Williams. He's only pitched so many, a, a few innings in his career. And Josh Hader's overused, and Brent Suter is overused, and all these guys are, they're, everybody's overused, right? There's a lot to like here, though. If the, yeah. I, I, you know what I told the Cubs fans? If the, if the Cubs had this, uh, uh, this pitching staff right now, they would be the best team, but they don't. So I, I, I got to love the Brewers. I, Cardinals, I, I think everyone is always, and I've been guilty of it too is with when you're trying to draft and find relief pitchers, everyone always spends the premium on the Josh haters, on the Devin Williams, instead of trying to find the next Josh Hader or Devin Williams. And I think that they have a couple of these guys already oh, yeah. the for the Brewers. Um, so I'm going to drop two names for you. Uh, yeah. Drew Rasmussen, Rasmussen, yeah. uh, like not 100% sure. He has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have him stretched out as kind of like the multi-inning role because uh, they have said that Josh Hader – 
is going to be exclu- exclusively in air quotes used as a traditional closer. So interesting development there. All and then right. Eric, this guy probably Rasmussen's going to be in the bullpen, I believe, to start the year. Uh, this guy probably won't. He's going to go back down to the minors, but could be called back up. And that's left-hander Aaron Ashby. Yep. He's been a starter for most of his career in the minors, uh, but he's got a wicked breaking ball, uh, good fastball, and just as long as the command stays somewhat decent and not terrible, uh, he could be a really useful weapon either in the Brewers rotation or in their bullpen. I'm disappointed that Aaron Ashby is not related to Andy Ashby. Oh, darn. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, the Cardinals. Moving on to the Cardinals. Uh, I have him in second. You have him in third. This should be the more the more stable organization. Yet we we have them missing the playoffs. Unless I'm you haven't listed something here, Sean. No, no. I, I, I have them the just missing. So yeah, uh, and we look. I, I mean, I, I've been looking at it's pretty deep, uh, and I don't like the rotation outside of Jake Jack Flaherty, and they're still <laughs> their bullpen is still in sh- not in shambles, but there's no defined roles as of yet. It shouldn't yeah. matter, but it really is bothering me that they don't have a that they they don't have a, a closer just yet. They don't have uh, their late inning guys set up yet, like because they're still battling for that closer position. And uh, once you get away from all those uh, closer guys, it, it there's a big drop off and I figure maybe it's just me. Maybe I just hate the Cardinals. Maybe I just have bias because I'm a Cub fan. And let me just double check where uh, Fangraphs has them at. Uh, and, uh, but go ahead. Uh, why don't you like the Cardinals uh, on your end over there? Because they could be one of the best defensive teams in history. And I just, I don't think it's going to work. Um, I believe, you know, Harrison Bader is out for the first month. I believe he had a back issue or no forearm. So he had a PRP injection in his arm. That's going to be about a month, but you're looking at a team that already has three starters all on the injured list and they don't really know when they're coming back. Dakota Hudson had Tommy John right before the season got underway last year or halfway through. I can't remember exactly. Um, KBO guy that they had from two years ago. Uh, Mr. Kim, I'm not going to even try and say the first two. Uh, Quang Young Kim. And by the way, Dakota Hudson, uh, September 28th was his surgery. Okay, yeah. So, uh, And then Miles Michaelis, uh, who, yeah. you know, another guy who they kind of revived from. Uh, I think he was KBO. He might have been so uh, M- MPB. But uh, th- like you said, that rotation outside of Flaherty, uh, Wainwright has had a good spring, and he had actually had a pretty good 2020. Uh, I know I had last year. Carlos Martinez <laughs> – uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon and John Gant just don't really uh, John Gant. I actually like more than most, but uh, Carlos Martinez, I am just about done with and Ponce de Leon is, you know, and, he's not and the explorer. You mentioned a, a bunch of guys there who were when this spring started, when, when spring training started in February, a lot of these guys were listed under bullpen, which is great. You know, that brings up that vaunted Cardinals depth. And now we're days away from opening day and they already are reaching into their bullpen to plug guys into the rotation. So they're already in midseason form uh, in terms of that. That's how awful and bad the situation with the pitching is in St. Louis. When everybody's healthy and everybody's hitting, hitting on all cylinders, this team looks great. I mean, I just saw that uh, Fangraphs has them as the 11th best uh, relief pitching core in all of baseball, but the rotation just ha- leaves lots of desire and they're hitting for some reason. Sean, you're not going to believe this, but Fangraphs, has their hitting at number 18th overall. The Brewers are 19th. Now, that's a whole buy or sell situation there. But that 
speaks volumes that the Brewers have a Yelich to quote the uh, the Avengers. Yeah. We have a Yelich. <laughs> we have a Yelich. That's the reason why the Angels look so good because they have both Trout and Rendon. Yeah. But even with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, the numbers don't like those. They don't like this team uh, in terms of their offense for it's, whatever reason. It's a good offense. It's not a great offense. Yeah. Now it could very well turn into a great offense if Dylan Carlson. Uh, hits like we know he can. And Tyler O'Neill keeps up his great spring training. Um, but it's I, I see a lot of pitfalls for this team. The one issue I see right now is Tommy Edmond is slated to play second base, and Matt Carpenter, who's been there for, for forever, is projected to come off the bench. Yeah. But with the injury to Harrison Bader, uh, right now from what's happened in spring training and what roster resource is showing me, is Dylan Carlson goes to center. Tyler O'Neill goes from right field to left field. Edmonds staying at second base, and then they're going to try and get by with either O'Neill in one of the corner spots and a combination of Justin Williams, Austin Dean, Lane Thomas, mm. or even um, one of my favorites, John Nagowski, who's more of a first baseman. But he's had the best spring training out of all those guys. They might throw him in the other corner outfield spot. spot. Yeah. But what could also happen, which I haven't really seen, Tommy Edmond could go from second base to left field. They can get Matt Carpenter back into the lineup because, you know, they'll bend over backwards to get him in there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's very interesting to see when that happens. So uh, right now, Tommy Edmond, I, I really like, but it's uh, if he gets moved down the, the lineup for Matt Carpenter, I'm going to have a absolute, uh, I don't even know, explosion. Man, and it's just so frustrating because every year you hear about these prospects for the Cardinals and they get called up and they're just ordinary. Like you mentioned, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson is not projected to have a, an outstanding year, 317 on base percentages according to depth charts projections. Uh, it's just something's lacking in that team. And it, for that reason, we I have them in second because it's still the most stable franchise in all in, in that division. Yeah. But you have them in third for those very reasons. The Cubs, we both have them in fourth place. Uh, man, oh, man. I love their lineup. I really, really do. Um, there's just too many question marks, and this team has let us down. I mean, you you, you heard it from Cubs fans. All, after they got eliminated by the Marlins, you saw them come out of the woodwork and, and just say how shitty this team is and how under They should have never is. made the playoffs to begin with. It's how they got there, how they won their division last year uh, blew my mind because they won the division, right? They won a division as yeah. predicted by yours truly last year. <laughs> but uh, no, they, my they, had no pla- they, they, had, they had no place there. They shouldn't have lost to the freaking Marlins. And, and that's oh, the tell Marlins you you were a better team than a them. Garbage ass team. Marlins. They were a better team. They had a okay, better record, see. too. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. The Marlins. Yes. Okay. The, the Marlins. The, the COVID champions. No, come on, man. Stop that. <laughs> the but, you know, there's it, still a lot of uh, good pieces here with Ian Happ, Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant at the top of that lineup. And then after that, you see the massive div. Javier Baez, we still don't know what he's made, what, what kind of player he is. Is he going to be uh, Tim Anderson like he has been for like the first couple of seasons with his uh, wild swinging ways? Or is he going to be another disappointing you know, 301 on base percentage guy? So, <laughs> they they got rid of Kyle Schwarber and replaced him with Jack Peterson, who is it's, an it's upgrade. the same player. <laughs> uh, the better defensively, I, I believe in Jack Peterson's oh, defensive skills. I, but, uh, I, I don't think Jock's a very good fielder. Any there's a reason that the Dodgers are starting to play him a lot at first base too. Well, compare. Have you seen Kyle Schwarber trying to? Uh, track five balls it's it's pretty adventurous but what Kyle Schrober did have was a cannon for an arm and I'm gonna miss that in left field for sure uh and then 
the bench is just almost non-existent. This is not the deepest Cubs. This has been one of the weakest uh, bench uh, benches for the Cubs that I've seen in a very long time since, uh, uh, well, I would say Theo Epstein took over, but Theo Epstein's gone now. You look at their rotation, it's just a bunch of soft uh, tossing uh, pitchers out there. Um, they, I mean, you could be a soft tossing pitcher and still dominate, but I don't see any of these guys dominate. Maybe. Since, since 2017, Jock Peterson has a negative 25 outs above average. <laughs> uh let me i i think Schwarber's is actually lower uh like oh, yeah. or lower as in closer to average i think he's only like minus 17 but continue i just wanted to let you know how bad jock well, uh, jock peterson is yeah i want to see how bad kyle Schwarber is if he is bad at all if according to you uh to the stat you just pulled up there if you can but since we're on the subject let's see what the other numbers state for jock peterson uh who at one point was supposed to be a five tool player coming up the dodgers and now he's become kind of a borderline platoon player i I lied kyle schwarber's at minus 28 but i i believe that is with uh he he played more in 2020 and he ended up with minus four jock peterson only ended up with like minus one in 2020 but i think that was a playing time thing there but yeah kyle schwarber's really bad (laughs) according to now let's go with the fan graph stuff the defensive runs above saves i know that's kind of an archaic number at this point but uh jock peterson negative three and according to uzr ultimate zone rating he's at 0.5 uh, might as well look into it. What did Schwarber do? So while while with this thing pulls up, uh, I was gonna say Kyle Hendricks might be someone that could dominate, but again, it's it's a tall order. Like it was, I like Kyle Hendricks as a number two, number three starter as your ace. I don't know, man. That's a that's a tough task. It's a real tough task. Why are you crying in Eloy Jimenez? Oh, because uh, uh, Leon said Schwarber robbed a home run the other day. <laughs> And that was how Eloy Jimenez got hurt. He was trying to rob a home run. That's he jumped over the fence and his elbow went, his arm went too far, I guess. Yeah, that is an ugly, ugly, ugly situation there with Eloy Jimenez. That was one of the worst injuries I've ever seen. Not, not to do hyperbole here, but okay. The offensive run save, negative eight uh, in the outfield for Kyle Schwarber and UZR. Actually, UZR likes him. Oh, that's the, yeah. Oh, shit. UZR likes him, 12.8. So, uh, mixed bag there, but it's mostly because of his arm. His arm's really good. What, what's his range? His range is uh, 1.4. Ah, okay, so there you go. Uh, Kyle Schroeder might be a better defensive uh, left fielder than Jack Peterson, uh, who, you know, one guy's a five-tool player coming up, and Schroeder was supposed to be a catcher turned into an outfielder, and now he's a much, according to the numbers, it might be a better outfielder than Jack Peterson. So take that eye test. All right. Bullpen is still in shambles. It's all about Craig Kimbrell. If Kimbrell can just kind of like resurrect his career. And, and who, who was the guy we were talking about? Who was, um, I, I made the Easter Sunday joke about um, earlier on this podcast. I forgot. Um, um, oh, goodness. Yeah, um, about an hour. Ryan Tapera was the MVP vote getter out of that bullpen last year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pedro Strope, uh, Shelby Miller. I, I, I don't know. Oh, was it Ketel Martin? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Craig Kimbrell, uh, they got Brandon Workman, who might be something, and Andrew Chaffin, who might be a something. Uh, you know, they got Jason Adam, but, you know, it's all these unknown commodities, right? And they're supposed to get really good projections according to the depth chart. But then you look at the depth chart numbers, and if I, yep, 18th best bullpen, 28th best starting rotation. Uh, it's, uh, I'm sorry, compared to the Brewers, and, and they only are going to have the 15th best uh, uh, hitting lineup. That's the Brewers get the edge 
because their pitching is so much better than the Cubs. And that's the reason yeah. I, I'm going to go for that one. Uh, some guys to keep an eye on, uh, Brennan Davis, uh, but that's for next year. And Braylon Marquez, who we talked about in, uh, in one of the uh, uh, prospect shows. Uh, in the offseason. Anything else to add about the Cubs there, Sean, before we mm. move on to the Pirates? I, I don't. They're going to be so bad. Speaking of really bad, the, I think they can win 76, 77 games, but uh, um, that's their, that's, I think that's their ceiling. I don't think it's going to get any better than that. Uh, as Everybody's just going to beat up on the Pirates because the Pirates are just brutal. I mean, Cabrian Hayes, yeah, that's a good player. Duh. And then it's just a bunch of bleh, a bunch of nobodies on that team. The, the bench sucks. Uh, their pitching sucks. The bullpen sucks. They play like diddly do to quote Jim Mora there. Um, any saving grace on their major league roster that you see there, Sean? Uh, for the pirates, uh, if I can pull it up fast enough, Kevin Newman, who has always been someone that we've looked at cause he steals a little bit of bases. Uh, he had 16 stolen bases and 12 home runs in 130 games in 2019. Um, his 2020 was just forgettable, forgettable. Uh, he had all of six extra base hits. Um, he just was not good at all. But in spring training, through 11 games and 34 plate appearances, so it's not like a small sample size. This is about, you know, like 10 games. Seen. <laughs> Kevin Newman is batting 714. He has 20 <laughs> hits in 28 at-bats. Yeah. What? And he does have two stolen bases. Uh, six of those hits are doubles, so good for him. But maybe Kevin Newman's a guy he's probably going to bat towards the top of the lineup. Like him, Brian Reynolds, uh, and Brian Hayes probably create some sort of top three on their team. But uh, it's yeah, there's really nothing to write home about here. Uh, uh, Jared, Jared Oliva, maybe if you're trying to find some steals, I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, some quick young players to mention: Mitch Keller, who we talk about numerous times here. Rich Rodriguez might get some cheap saves. Uh, although he has uh, Michael Feliz and Chris Stratton uh, creeping up on him. A uh, bunch of uh, injured guys who are not worth mentioning. And I just want to mention some minor leaguers to keep an eye on for the future. Nick Gonzalez, who was a former uh, first-round pick yep. uh, it, last year's draft, I should say. So uh, O'Neill Cruz, who um, I can't wait to see that guy come up. I, I'm a big fan. I don't know if you are or not, but I'm, a, I'm looking the, forward to him. The arm that I'm going to look at, and he's actually on the roster right now, uh, acquired from San Diego, I believe, in the LaCasey Musgrove deal. Um, David Bednar, I've liked him even while he was in the Padres minor league system. Uh, solid fastball, very good splitter. Uh, could be a, a sneaky Kirby Yates light, and he's done really well in spring training this year. The fastball is up to 99, 100 miles an hour. So anytime you could pair that, he's always had pretty good control. Let me pull up his spring training stats. Yeah, he's gone eight and a thirds, uh, 17 strikeouts to one walk only allowed three hits, so no runs, nothing like that. I think he could take the um, the closer's role. I think he's the best pitcher in that bullpen. And uh, just to finish up the list of prospects, uh, if you're a Pirates fan, you just got to have to kind of wait and look because they have some names that are interesting, Travis Swaggerty and the outfield, and then you get to the uh, pitching, and you got Miguel Yahure, uh, Quinn Priester, and Tanaj Thomas. And I'm probably butchering those names, but when I was doing my spreadsheets, uh, my cheat sheets for this year, I saw those three pitchers of the Pirates. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe there's some hope here because uh, I really like uh, how they're rated and how their makeup is built and their pedigree. So those three pitchers that I just mentioned, Yahure, Yahure, Priester, and Thomas are names to keep an eye on. So National League East, we finally made it. Uh, okay, so we have a 
couple of differences here. I got. I'll start with myself here. Felipe has the Braves. The Mets are wild card number two. The Nationals, the Phillies, and the Marlins. Sean has the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, the Nationals, and the Marlins. So we both, yeah, there's such a good team last year that they're going to be in dead last this year. So fluky ass team over there. Hey, the I almost put the Nationals last. Almost did. It's and possible. I think, I think the Nationals, if they just lose one of Scherzer, Strasburg, or Corbin to an injury, I would very, very, very quickly put uh, the Marlins in front of them. Or if they lose Juan Soto or Trey Turner, then they're screwed. They are absolutely screwed. Yeah, and I do like the Marlins uh, starting rotation. I like it a yep. lot. It, I just I like I just their I like the Marlins lineup too. Surprisingly, I don't think they're a bad team I, at I, all. I just think it's an uphill. I think the Marlins them. could. You're gonna laugh if the Marlins were in the Central, mm-hmm. they'd probably be my pick for second place. Mm, I don't know. They're better than the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe this year they are not not last year, but uh, um, I was gonna say. Um, anyway, let's start from the top. Braves, I you know I know I've been championing the uh, Mets all offseason long, and I think I even picked them to go make it to the World Series uh, for a while there. But after all these injuries, and it seems like the ghost of Mets past is coming back. <laughs> so I kind of uh, I was this close to not uh, putting them in my uh, what do you call it in my playoff bracket here, but I, ultimately I I think they have way too much talent on that team to not make the playoffs this year, and they better make the playoffs this year because if they don't, then I don't know what I don't know where they go from here, man. I mean that's we saw the numbers last year; they should have made the playoffs last year, especially over the Marlins. There's no excuse for them not to make the playoffs, even with all the injuries. It's, they seem to have a lot of depth. I mean, Joey Lucchese is now your SP number five, which a lot of people laugh at, but Lucchese might not be as bad as people think he is. So, yeah. and David Peterson on the back end of the rotation. So, but ultimately, I just like the Braves too much. Um, uh, I, I, I looked at both lineups and I, I like their lineup just a little bit better than the Mets. It's, it's a game of inches there. That should be a, a, a fun uh, uh, division back and forth between those two teams. But you have it the other way. You have the Mets number one, the Braves number two. Why, Sean? Why? I, I like the Mets pitching depth both in the rotation and in the bullpen a little bit more. I think the lineups are a bit of a wash. I I think the Mets lineup might be a little deeper. Uh, The Braves lineup is a little bit more top heavy with when you put both Freeman, Ozuna and Acuna up at the top. I think that beats out any lineup maybe in baseball, even more so than the Dodgers, but I'm not sure. I'm worried about the length of it. Um, I've always been worried about Ozzy Albies. I, I I still really don't buy the hit. So he's just, he crushes lefties and he's just play against righties, which I always see as a hard thing to keep at the top of a lineup when you have such big disparities like that. Um, Dansby Swanson, is he more of 2020 or is he more of 2021? Uh, can Austin Riley lay off an outside slider? Uh, there are Christian Pache. Is he going to be a major league hitter? Or is he just going to be a major league fielder? They have some questions in the second half of that lineup. And when you add in the questions of the length of lineup versus the uh, pitching rotation, which is good. Don't get me wrong. It is good, but it is unproven. You're talking your top three guys. Mike Soroka just has only pitched one year, missed a year. Uh, Max Freed has dealt with a lot of injuries, only pitched about a year and a half so far. Uh, Ian Anderson has pitched for a month. Uh, it's it, it's a lot of stuff to ask of them, of yeah. very young pitchers, especially when we're going to see young pitchers struggle to throw a lot of innings in 2021. Yeah. Uh, any uh, timetable as to when Soroka might be back? I think he's supposed to be in the next um, 
like within the first month, I believe. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, that should bring help uh, to this uh, uh, pitching rotation. But like you said, that's it's still unproven. Soroka is still an unproven guy. And yes, yeah, so Soroka hasn't even made one start in spring training, so it might actually take longer than that. Okay, and and Soroka does kind of aside from the Achilles, he does come with uh, with a history of arm injuries. Uh, I know Brace fans kind of laughed at at that when I said that Soroka is injury riddle, but I, I look at I had to double check, and sure enough, there's a shoulder injury, there's a elbow injury, there's this, there's a, so yeah. But when Soroka's healthy, he could be one of the better uh, young pitchers in all of baseball. But with all that being said, I just think that the Mets also are injury prone. So, yeah. and, and it seems, I don't know, man, it, it, new owners, same, same results. Uh, disappointed that Carrasco is going to uh, start the year off on the IL uh, Marcus Stroman, who I've. Well, I Carrasco was the one guy that even when the Mets traded for him, I was like, yes, he slept on. You guys aren't talking enough about Carrasco, but we I also, about, we about I, it. I told somebody that uh, I was like, I'd be shocked if Carrasco throws more than 100 innings because, you know, he hasn't thrown a whole lot the whole last two years due to cancer. And I believe he had the another injury uh, that kind of prevented him from throwing a whole lot. But I told him, I said, I don't think he's going to throw 100 innings. And this guy came back to me. He said, oh, I think he's the easiest one to lock for 180 innings. And I was just like, man, (laughs) I, I, I meant to message him. I haven't messaged him back yet. But uh, after he tore his hamstring and I missed the first month, uh, it's just kind of like, granted, if, if you are going to get an injury, mm-hmm. uh, something like a hamstring for a pitcher, I think is a little bit better than, yeah. you know, arm inflammation that's random and you don't really know where it's coming from. But I, the way I envision it, though, the way I envision it, it's like you guys get Jacob. If this is a five game series, right? This is imaginary five game series. You guys get uh, you guys mean you Mets fans yeah. uh, get Jacob the you guys get the Jacob the Grom game. And then it's like a, it could be anybody's game after that. But I, I have to give a slight, 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 slight edge after that to the Braves uh, rotation. Uh, although I, I will see the fact that there's a little more question marks. But I, like I said, I think the lineups, I'm going to give a slight edge to the Braves. And that's why I give a slight edge to the Braves here in this division. Moving on to the Nationals. I'm sorry, not the Nationals. Uh, third place. I have the Nationals. You have the Phillies. Uh Let's start with the Nationals first. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, this is this. I don't know. It just feels like a last hurrah for them. But with all those guys being signed long term, they might just be one of those uh, like that, like the uh, like when you watch a horror movie and the villain just refuses to die. That's the Nationals. <laughs> right. That's the Nationals. So uh, it's a, there's a lot to like here, but there's also a lot to hate. And uh, Joe I mean, Ross C- Carter your- Keyboom was just optioned yesterday. Oh, so that puts the, that that's uh, the Nationals starting second and third baseman is going to be Josh Harrison and Starlin Castro. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, like you said, they won't die. They won't die. I mean, listen, they got Juan Soto. They got Victor Robles. Uh, they might, he might be a thing. Trey Turner. It's a very good top-heavy lineup, and Kyle Schwarber might be a difference maker there. It, I, I, at the end of the day, it's just not enough, man. It's I don't think it's going to be enough compared to the other teams we just mentioned. Um, uh, the bullpen uh, it might be a thing, too. I, I know that we've been kind of uh, singing their praises, but, again, is it going to be enough? And are they going to be taxed from you know having to uh, – uh, come in and, 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 and help out Steven Strasburg, John Lester and Joel Ross uh, in this rotation. And oh, like God. you mentioned, if one of those guys get hurt, then they're in real trouble because uh, who's on, who's, uh, who's waiting for them to, uh, to come up uh, a bunch of nobodies uh, and their, uh, and their minor league systems. So I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm, I'm sorry, Leon, if you're still listening, I'm not buying your nationals this year. He might've tuned off just so he wouldn't hear us criticize him. So, uh, he said they need Ramirez. Is he talking about Jose Ramirez? 
Because if that's the case, <laughs> they do not have. If I'm the Indians and uh, who's his name, the the GM, uh, president of baseball operations for the uh, Nationals. Um, God, uh, Mike Rizzo. Mike Rizzo. If Mike Rizzo calls me and I'm whoever the Indians GM is now, it's not. I I can't even remember who their GM is. Uh, I'm yeah. just laughing Mike Rizzo off the phone. I'm like, <laughs> like what? Like no, seriously, no. We're, this is not a phone call we're having. Like, and there's like nobody on and their farm, maybe Luis Garcia, but I think we talked about oh, Luis Garcia. He, he, he's, he's a only, better like real life player just because he's a good defender, but he has really no bat. Like it's a very light bat. Only 21 years old. And there's really nobody on uh, coming to, to like as reinforcement for this team. Yeah. So if they're going to be anything better than this, they have to make trades and they don't have the pieces unless they do decide to kind of sell Luis Garcia to some of these other, uh, other teams just to get a, a big piece, a big veteran bat or pitcher to help them out. And it's a, t- it's a tall order, but it, as built right now, they're a nice third place team. I picked the Phillies in fourth because I hate their bullpen. I think I've talked about it numerous times since last year, how awful the Phillies are in the bullpen, but you, sir, you have them in third place. Why do you like them over the Nationals? I just think that they're an underrated team. I I know that's hard for people to say, but I think people have slept on Bryce Harper. I think people are sleeping on Alec Bohm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their offense is tailored perfectly for the ballpark they're in. Oh, yeah. I, I think, you know, JT Romuto, Reese Hoskins, Didi Gregorius, all those guys are going to be very good hitters. Um, center field, ironically, looking at the uh, depth chart for him right now is – Odubel Herrera is expected to get the majority of the playing time in center field. So talk about a name we haven't heard in a couple of years, but um, the pitching staff, Nola and Wheeler is a underrated one, two punch. I, there's a lot of teams that can't meet that one, two Zach Eflin is solid. And the back half of the rotation is where it just completely falls apart for me. Uh, I Matt Moore, Chase Anderson, uh, Vince Velasquez, Spencer Howard. It's, I don't see it, and that's why they're a third-place team. Yeah, uh, I mean, I s- I'm with you. I see maybe Zach Eflin being a borderline decent starter, but you get to the Matt Morris, Chase Anderson, all those other guys you mentioned. I would actually prefer Spencer Howard being up here, but I know that he's, number one, young, and number two, he has a back injury. Um, but I would – I'm already seeing red flags here, and then you get to the bullpen. It's a very top-heavy top heavy bullpen and then it just goes down the crapper after jose alvarado uh, as the setup guy uh in the eighth inning uh and then we still don't know who their closer is but uh yeah. um they have do they have some minor leaguers worth mentioning uh not mm. mickey moniac uh, no no i mean there, there's uh mick a- their best one is going to be mick abel abel 19 year old starting pitcher is probably going to be one of the best right-handed pitching prospects in the game but he's always yeah. away ways away matthew allen or, or uh mick Abel? oh that's close i think allen's a little bit more polished okay but abel could have the uh the higher ceiling and of course we finished with the marlins who we've been singing their praises a little bit but i still think they're ways away I, and i thought i was maybe just downplaying them too much and i saw the depth chart projections they're supposed according to depth charts they're supposed to have the 20 best 25th best hitting lineup, the 23rd uh, best starting rotation, which I disagree. There's not, the, it's not 23rd. I think they're more middle of the pack there and the 24th uh, best bullpen. So um, <laughs> uh, let's start with the rotation. I think that's the real crown jewel of that team. And uh, it's Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Eliezer Hernandez, Trevor Rogers, and Sixto Sanchez, who's now listed as a number five guy who at one point he was like the number three guy, but you know, things changed in spring training, but that's, that's a very 
promising rotation there. Just that's a that's such a good and it's a long rotation too. Not a single and, guy is is over the age of twenty five as of today. Yeah. Um. I the guy that worries me a little bit is Eliezer Hernandez. Trevor Rogers, I think, is the one being slept on. Everyone wants to talk about uh, Lopez, Alcantara, and Sixto Sanchez. I think Trevor Rogers. Lefty, been hitting 96, 97. He's looked great in spring training. I've been saying that all day. But he he's the guy I think could be the best out of all of them. And if any of those guys falter, I mean, they're pretty deep in the uh, in, at AAA with the, some of their young guys as well. So Edward Cabrera being the big name there, along with Braxton Garrett. Um, Max Meyer is, a, what do you call it, a, a long-term project, but that's another name to keep an eye on. So they're the lower at pitching. Unfortunately, you can't say the same about the bullpen. Uh, maybe if Yimi Garcia was, was the actual closer and not the setup guy, I would like it just a little bit more. But Anthony Bassfish will be... Uh, <laughs> What's with baseball players and, and last names with fish? You know, Mike yeah. Trout. Oh, do, do you know that they have a relief pitcher who's been in camp with them uh, as a non-roster invitee? Uh, his name's Jake Fishman. Oh, Fishman. God. And he Fish plays man. for the Marlins. <laughs> That's awesome. We got Bass and Fishman. Uh, Adam uh, Simbris. Adam Simbris on, the, on, on, on a major league team right now. I yeah. cannot believe that. But, uh, yeah, it's another top-heavy. Uh, it's Gimme Garcia and everybody else, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. That bullpen's going to be trash this year. Uh, you uh, granted, maybe maybe Max, because they, they toyed with this last year when they drafted Max Meyer. They talked about bringing him up and putting him in the bullpen because his fastball and slider are already, you know, major league ready. Uh, but I, I don't think that happens. I think they have too much to lose by doing that. But, you know, possibility. And they have some guys uh, in their lineup that are – kind of promising but as built right now i just compared to everybody else in that division they are they're just not at the same level as those other teams so um yeah they're they're not the mets braves phillies but they're not even really the nationals but i I, with how like balanced their lineup is the nationals are definitely like great because they have soto and trey turner but uh I like the length that Jazz Chisholm and Miggy Rojas and Jorge Alfaro to round out a lineup is not terrible, I don't think. All righty then. Uh, I'm, I turned off my screen because I'm trying my best to – this might be as good as it gets as I want to go ahead and share my bracket here. Um, just so bear with me. Here it goes. So there's my bracket going from left to right, ALY card. I got – if I'm assuming the White Sox could beat the Blue Jays, assuming – that Lucas Giolito is starting that game. Cause if Lucas Giolito starts that game, then the blue Jays are screwed. So there's that <laughs> they advance and make it, they have a date with the Yankees. I think the Yankees should make quick work out of them in four games. The other series is the Astros and twins. I think the, <laughs> it should go five games this time around, but uh, I think the Astros are, are going to do what they did this past year and just uh, break a lot of twins hearts uh, on the road, just like they did this past year. So uh the al championship series finally we get the, the 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 matchup we all wanted they might have to play at a neutral side for this one sean as uh, they're this could get <laughs> ugly but uh, i think this is the yankees i honestly do like the yankees i always like the yankees uh every single year and i always end up more or less picking them to be my world series winner even when they're supposedly rebuilding as yankee fans like to use that excuse uh but no it, it's a it's a well-built club it's uh it's a club full of uh depth and resources and i think they this is the year they make it to the world series uh, over to the right, we start with the Mets and Padres. I think the Padres, if that's the U Darvish game, I think 
Uh, and at home, I think even with Jacob Degrom, I I cannot I cannot not not pick the Padres here. I have to go with the Padres on this one. Picking against Jacob Degrom in a winner go home game, yeah. you are a ballsy person. I love the Padres. I was this close to picking them to be number one in the West, but I just can't do it because the Dodgers are loaded. This show, this one should go five. Uh, Dodgers and Padres in a very memorable NL division series, but the Dodgers have too much firepower. But uh, yeah, I wish there was a different way to uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, see work these teams in. and yeah. work that in. So this could be the seven best of seven series and not a best of five, but whatever. Uh, Brewers and Braves. The Braves better make quick work of the Brewers here. Yeah. Uh, I know I, I I love their Brewers uh, uh, pitching staff, but the Braves uh, that lineup is is pretty ferocious when it's clicking the right way. Uh, a rematch of last year. This time around, the Dodgers should uh, should uh, relatively easily dominate. The Braves, Dodgers make it to the World Series against the Yankees, Dodgers in six. There's your championship along with the color-coded uh, <laughs> the color-coded uh, the color scheme there uh, as best I can for Excel. That might be a, you know what, that might be a, a, a tattoo light. There you go, a little bit darker there for the Dodgers. So there you go. I got the Dodgers winning the World Series. And you also have the Yankees and, and Dodgers, correct? Yes, and I have Dodgers as well. All right. Uh, Dodgers in six? Uh, yeah, five. I'll say five. Oh, look at you. Okay. Oh, well, this is because you hate the Yankees. I just think it's the Yankees don't have the pitching to really make it through an entire playoff. You're just a Yankee hater. Just a yep, hater. You're right. <laughs> How right, dare I try on. and sneak it in? Moving. <laughs> Let's make this a little bit bigger here. Moving on to... Oh, no. Spoiler alert. Moving on to the American League Awards. Uh, MVP, you got Shohei Otani, and I got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. A couple of uh, bold picks from I almost uh, picked Vlad Jr. That's hilarious that you yeah, picked out him. Out of my mind. You know what it is? I Sean? almost picked him. We're a married couple at this point. <laughs> uh, let's see here. No. Uh, so, yeah, Vladimir Guerrero, I think uh, it's his time to shine with that Blue Jays getting uh, improving. Uh, and making the wild card, I think the voters uh, lo- just they they love a good story, Sean. And I think you're they picking love o- a good story. And I think you're picking Otani for the same reasons because they love a good story. Hey, this guy's the best player since Babe Ruth, or best two way player since Babe Ruth, I should say. Cy Young Award winner, I got Lucas Giolito. You got Kenta Maeda. That's that's actually a very solid pick. But yeah, I, I, I think he's a guy that gets slept on when it comes to the uh, American League Cy Young. You know, he was, I believe, second place behind Bieber last year. He he had the no hitter. He, he's looked great. Uh, ever since he's been given the chance to be great. So um, I think he finally sneaks one in, maybe has one final like career top year and then uh, starts the down downhill. All right. Uh, I got Lucas Giolito because I think people are going to say, wow, with no Eloy Jimenez under you know, the leadership of Lucas Giolito, this team made the playoffs because he's the best pitcher in all uh, in the American League. So, uh, and I, and like I said, you know, he's going to win the, uh, he's going to beat the, uh, who the hell did I say? The Blue Jays. He's going to beat the Blue Jays uh, in a matchup between Cy Young Award winner and MVP uh, in that wild card game for the American League. Rookie of the year, I got Andrew Vaughn because <laughs> he's going he's to replace, um, Eloy Jimenez and, you know, kind of uh, get a little bit of his production in there and fans are, and the voters are going to be like, wow, that's impressive that a rookie can kind of step in and help the White Sox <laughs> make the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. Because people like a good story. I like your pick a lot better, though, uh, for obvious reasons, because I have him on both my fantasy teams. And that's Jerry Kalenic. Go ahead. I, I think he could go legitimately 25-25 in 140 games and just run away with the award. I, I don't think there will be anyone in the American League close to him. And I, he could be another unanimous uh, Rookie of the Year pick. 
All right. Uh, manager of the year. I didn't get one from you, Sean, but if you have one to share, let me know and I'll add uh, it. American League, let's go with uh, who's the Angels' new manager? Uh, crap. Look it up. But wow. I got Charlie Montoyo of the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are going to make the playoffs. They're going to be that second wild card, and people are going to be impressed uh, with that. Uh, it's going to be a fun <laughs> team to watch. So, uh, How did you not know who the Angels' manager is? I, I can't think right now. I'm too Joe, busy. It's Joe Madden. <laughs> I think oh, yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Madden. I, I could see it, even if they don't make the playoffs, which they very well could. But I'm, I'm going to go Joe Madden. All right. I mean, that's fair. I, I mean, Joe Madden is a is a solid name, so we'll go with that. Finally, uh, you got you got a manager of the year for the National League, there, Sean. Uh, let's go with. Uh, give me a second. Let's go through the other guys. Okay, so we both have Juan Soto as MVP. We love Juan Soto. We talk about him all the time under like like a demigod at this point. He's a he's a Hercules of uh, Greek gods is Juan Soto. No, that's Kevin Euclid. No, Juan Soto. He's <laughs> going to be great. And he's going to post ridiculous numbers, even though he's left-handed and plays for a, a, a borderline contending nationals team. I think he's just going to, basically he's, voters are going to fall in love with his antics and his uh, personality, and he's going to be bigger than life. And it's going to be a great 2021 season for him. Uh, Cy Young Award winner, you went with the safe pick and Jacob DeGrom, yeah, which that's... I was this close to going with either either him or Trevor Bauer. Um, man, if Trevor Bauer wins another Cy Young, what are those those haters gonna do when they say, "Oh, he he won the Mickey Mouse Cy Young"? Like, oh, oh my oh, God, oh, if, oh. if if he wins one more Cy Young, I'm gonna just laugh at people so hard. Um, wait, what 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 do you mean Mickey Mouse? I don't get that. Uh, everyone said that the Dodgers that their uh, World Series is a, a Mickey Mouse World Series because it was only a sixty game season. So, okay. Well, uh, it's it's clear that Degrom and Bauer are the top of the top of the, of the National League in terms of starting pitching. But I wanted to go bold here. Actually, let me bolden that up. There it is, Luis Castillo <laughs> for the Reds, especially if he gets traded to a contending team. Uh, I like his chances, uh, and just to get a different name there, because Degrom and Bauer have been going back and forth. Or it was what Degrom for two years, and then Bauer uh, yeah, last year. It, and yeah, Degrom was two years in a row, and then uh, Bauer last year. And if Bauer wins again, that'd be another Bauer pick. But I think uh, I, I'm a firm believer that this award gets uh, handed off like a hot potato. So maybe Luis Castillo could benefit from that. The Rookie. the thing I worry about with Luis Castillo is look at the defense that's behind him now. Oh, yeah, I Suarez at shortstop, Castellanos and Winker in the outfield. Oh, God. That does yeah. not make me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Yeah, well. Uh, I still like his stuff and I like, I, I get excited every time I, I, I picture Luis Castillo pitching for the Reds. Like I see him, if he's pitching, I want to watch those games while he's still there. Uh, rookie of the year. I'm going with Ian Anderson. I'm going to, I know I've been kind of down on him, but I'm going to believe the hype because if the Braves are going to win that division, they need him to step up big. So if he steps up big and they win a division, Ian Anderson will get awarded. Yeah, I, I almost picked Ian Anderson. And then I came to my senses and realized <laughs> it has to be Cabrian Hayes. Yeah, it's a solid so, pick as well. Uh, he's actually the front runner if you, if you, for this yeah. award if you look at the uh, uh, Vegas odds. Craig Council, I got him as my manager of the year because if the Brewers make the playoffs, you know people are going to just fawn over Craig Council. And wow, he has no hitting, and yet he makes the playoffs. He's got that team contending. So, uh, so like the homer in me wants to make my manager of the year pick Luis Rojas, at, especially if they win the division. But uh, yet, yet, oh, oh. He, he, he already typed it. Um it, I could also see it going to David Bell, okay. uh, if, especially if the Reds win that division like I expect them to. Um, it could be either one of those two guys. I'd say between those two, 
it would go to the one whoever wins the division. So if the Mets make the playoffs, maybe Rojas doesn't get a manager of the year. Um, But if they win the division and they win like 95 games, then maybe there is a, a, a narrative that you could spin that Rojas is, you know, the heir apparent. So are we going Rojas or David Bell? <sighs> Got to pick one, man. Don't be like Steve uh, let's, uh, Luis Rojas, homer pick all the way. Let's go. All right, let's go. Yeah, Luis Rojas. There you go. Uh, all right. Uh, got a couple of comments here. Uh, Leon likes you, Darvish, as a Cy Young Award winner. And Don Mattingly for the Marlins. Uh, of the course manager. you do, Leon. Uh-huh. What's the inside joke there? I said, of course you do. Uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's, funny. that's pretty good. And that's it. Uh, feel free to keep making your predictions on the comment section below. We'll take a look at them and see how right or wrong you guys are. But this is a good. This is a, a fun time of the year as uh, Major League Baseball season is about to uh, get their first pitch in April first, I believe. Correct? Yes. And it uh, should be an exciting one, even with the uh, uncertainty of COVID. But it looks like people, uh, a lot of these teams are going to be allowing fans to come in at a at limited capacity, unless you're the Rangers. Then if you die, you die. Uh, opening day for this. <laughs> oh, I almost, had you, I almost had you spit out water. Oh, I was so close. Um, uh, 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 show uh, a note on the show. Uh, it's Easter Sunday, next Sunday. So Sean and I will be off. We are targeting April 8th as our next show. Uh, which is uh, next, uh, not this upcoming Thursday, but the Thursday after that. Um, we will have an entire week of baseball to talk about. That'll be fun. Yeah, and uh, we should have two games uh, in the, maybe even three. Did we, decide, did we figure out how that's going to work on the Fantrax League? The, it'll be two. It'll be two. Oh, okay. so two separate games? Uh, One will be the first through the fourth. Ah, okay. okay. And then it'll be the fifth through the eighth. Okay. Okay. Right? So because it's Mondays through Thursdays, Fridays through Sundays. You are correct, sir. Sorry yes. about that. I, I so we'll have at least one game. We'll have one game decided by then in the Fantrax League, and then we'll be in the middle of another one. Or actually, right at the, the very end. Right at the very end. Right at the very end, we'll be finished wrapping up the second game of our Fantrax League as we are a semi. I'll be busy going two and zero. Ah, uh, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh so yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, Sean, any last words before uh, I sign us off today? Uh, n- not much, man. Uh, like you said, we will not be here next Sunday, so I know you guys will miss us. That's why we went a little long today. You know, we knew we weren't going to be here next Sunday, so uh, we had exactly. to get all of our thoughts out there for you. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually looking to see if Roberto uh, can give us can give me uh, the list from henry and vince so if roberto if you're listening please share your list with us so we can uh com- i can combine them on my spreadsheet and we can see who was right and who was wrong at the end of the season uh for sean i am felipe be sure to give us a follow and a like at all your uh, podcast platforms most i mostly deal out of spotify but we're on apple stitcher we're on youtube give us a follow get the notification sign on uh listen to it when you because when you Follow us. You follow all of our Life Group podcasts. That's Long City on Monday nights. Uh, the Basketball Step Back with Leon and Jacob. The Wrestling uh, Worksheet podcast. The Audible over there with Matt Bush and Randy at Football Life. We have uh, every sport you can imagine. We have a group for it. <sighs> for Sean, I am Felipe. We will see you next week. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>